0: Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the Best M-Move Related Show on the planet Earth, The John Campia Show, coming from right here on my YouTube channel. I'm, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV and streaming, and all sorts of good things. And guys, it's Monday. Welcome to the start of a brand new week. We hope you had a fabulous weekend and you hope you have an even better week ahead of yourselves. And we're starting off the week, right? We got Kimberly Ann Curran here. Kimberly, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Good to have you here. And right beside her, fresh off a uh, friend's wedding, Ray Ora. You hung over. You're looking a little Good under morning. The <laughs> He's ready to go. And, of course, over beside him is Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today, sir?
1: John, because of my man Russell Wilson up there in the great Pacific Northwest, the Rams
0: are going to the playoffs. I mean, the Ra- well, the Rams are already in the playoffs. They locked it, but the, the, now they're ranked a little bit. Hey, listen, they ended on a win right they ended on a win that's a, that's a good thing by the way some crazy football yesterday crazy that that game last night between the chargers and the raiders is one of the nuttiest things ever I have ever seen, but I anyway, will talk about that. Too another bad, San time.
1: Diego. Bye bye.
0: Anyway, good to have you guys here joining us here today. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about, of course, the passing the passing of Bob Saget. We're going to be talking about some Ben Affleck stuff, saying you know what a miserable experience Justice League was. We're going to be talking about could that Echo series actually truly be a Daredevil series? We've been talking about that a little bit. That and a bunch of things more. But before we do, guys. We got to talk about some controversy.
2: Controversy
0: <laughs> over like under Prince game controversy. Controversy. Can't <laughs> believe has come out about the over under game that I got to let you guys know about because we got to be all above board here as the commissioner of the over under game. I got to be above board with you guys, <laughs> to let you know about this controversy. You guys know that uh, the way we do the over under game is. I put up a post in the community tab of YouTube saying, hey, if you guys want to be entered to win, send me an email with this special word in the subject line and then let me know who you want representing you in the game. Right? Now, one of our viewers, great viewer, Justin Jorgensen, wrote in and said he wants Kimberly representing him in the game. And then Kimberly ended up winning the game of over-under meaning that Justin Jorgensen won. However, controversy. Controversy. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Controversy won. Double J. (laughs) Justin Jorgensen, double J
2: controversy.
0: (laughs) It's coming. So double J, as Ray says, referred to him as, when I was going in and I was searching through my emails for him so I could find his mailing address, I came across a disturbing development. Uh Uh-oh. Here's what happened. Two minutes... After Justin Jorgensen emailed us saying he wants Kim to be representing him, I discovered that he sent in another email two minutes later saying that he changed his mind. I was not aware that Robert was available. I choose Rob.
1: Controversy.
0: Controversy. Oh, great, blame
1: me for
2: this. So. <laughs> My he fault.
0: He stopped believing in me. He stopped he believing stopped in me. believing in me. And how did that work out for you, sir? It didn't work out well for our good friend, Justin Jorgensen. Because <laughs> he was technically now no longer under the protective gaze of Kimberly Ann Curran. Which is where you want to be. Yeah. Which is where you want to be. That's think that's where everybody wants to be. It's true. And so. Justin Jorgensen was not being represented by Kimberly Ann Curran. So Justin does not win. So the only so now Controversial. Giggles. Giggles, how dare you doubt Kimberly. So every man in my life who's ever
3: pulled some shit like this would just see, this is what happens when you don't believe in me and stand up for me. That's okay.
0: That's yep. okay. Because now go. you lost like all of them. So here's the thing. The only fair thing to do now is we're gonna do another game of over under tomorrow, and that awesome Wen Wu figure is gonna be up for grabs again tomorrow. So the <laughs> Wen Wu figure will be up for grabs again tomorrow. Just want to let you guys know about Angel, the Angel in the, the chat, chat said <laughs> a reversal. <laughs> a reversal
3: like in a wrestling. <laughs>
2: Can wow. I
0: just say
3: that Beyonce song is just on replay? I'm the best thing you never had. Remember that. <laughs> remember that. Remember
0: that. Never, never re- do go do a reversal. Anyway. <laughs> uh hey guys. Good to have you here. Here's how today's show is going to go. We break the show up into two parts. In the first half of the show, we take some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we take your live comments and questions. Now, if you'd like to get in a live comment or question to be read on the show... If you're watching live and only if you're watching live, go ahead and use the super chat feature that's in the YouTube chat and we'll read those off when we get to the end of our main topics. If you're watching the show any other time like the other 22 hours during the day, simply submit by going down into the description of this video and you'll see a tip link. Click on that there or enter it in manually at www.StreamElements.com slash MovieBlogTV slash tip. Send that in and you'll be getting your comment or question read on this show or an upcoming companion video if we deem your question appropriate to be used on our shows. And of course, you'll be supporting our channel at the same time. And all of us involved with the show, thank you guys very much for your support. Okay, guys, that down. Let's get into one off the top here, shall we? And that off the top is this. One of the more popular, like kind of pop culture sort of things that was around for a lot of years that I was never all that into was Jackass. (laughs) And like all my friends started watching and I tried watching some of it. and you know, it's not really for me. And then they did a Jackass movie. I didn't really love it. And then they did a Jackass 2. I didn't really love it. And I don't know why, but then Jackass 3 came out and I loved it. Like I, I, I thought it was one of the funniest things I had ever seen, which is really weird considering like the previous Jackass stuff wasn't really for me, but that third one came out And I adored it. And I had to have watched it at least a dozen times. I think I saw it like four times in theaters. I watched it like a dozen times. I love the movie. I just thought it was absolutely hilarious. So I've been really excited for seeing Jackass Forever. And then trailers came out. They did this great presentation live on stage at CinemaCon about Jackass Forever. And then it got delayed again. And it was supposed to come out in early February. And a lot of us have been wondering about whether Jackass Forever might get delayed again because some other things are getting delayed. I mean, we've got Pixar's moving, turning red straight to streaming. We already saw Morbius get bumped, stuff like that. But apparently, no, no, no. The Jackass crew, not only did they put out a new trailer today, which is the best trailer yet for this thing, but they also make fun of the fact in the trailer that they've had to delay the film a couple of times. But now they're saying, so some people thought it might be going to streaming. Nope, they say we promise you now. We promise It's coming February... What is it? Fourth. fourth. Coming February 4th in theaters only is Jackass Forever. And then as a big UFC guy seeing Francis Ngannou in the trailer, someone's going to take a shot from the most powerful puncher in the UFC today in Francis Ngannou. That looks... The whole thing looked great. I thought this trailer was awesome. I absolutely loved it. Rob... You had a chance to uh, check out the trailer for this thing. I, are you a jackass guy in general? And what did you think about this trailer? Are you looking forward to this? <laughs> well,
1: many people would tell you I am a jackass guy in general. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I am not, I'm not a fan of this franchise. I mean, I understand it's funny. I, I was never a Three Stooges guy when I was a kid. You know, it's funny, but it's just not for me. I'm more of a narrative guy.
0: Right. So not really for you. What about you, Kim? I mean, you watched the trailer. Were you interested in this? Look, when this came out
3: and I was in like junior high and stuff and the guys would always tell you, you see, Cass, blah, blah, and the girls would stand in the corner. And be like, you're so dumb. You're so dumb. Look, now that I have three teenagers in my life, I will be here day one. I've got three boys in my life. I know I have to see this. I don't have a choice. And so I'll definitely be seeing it the day it comes out. And that's just a part of
0: auntie life, honestly. Ray, I mean, you just watched the trailer. What did you... Are you looking forward to Jackass? Come on, help me out here. Am I the only one?
2: The pain videos I just can't do anymore. (laughs) I had my phase of that, and then I've seen everything. I think... um, I, I guess I grew old, too old for, uh, I mean, I grew out of watching these videos. I mean, if there's clips on YouTube, I'll watch it. But a full length movie, I don't think I could sit through that. It's just, it's just because of the I can't, I can't watch pain happening. You know, it's right. just too, it's too, it's too hard for me to watch. um But I will say that I hope these guys' bodies hold up and that nothing <laughs> bad happens to them I can't believe they're, they're okay. still alive.
0: Yeah, you know. That's... I can't no, seriously, I, I can't believe these guys are still alive. Yeah. Like when you look at what they do and like they're like they're all gray and they're like doing this But oh, they don't have and, like and, missing fingers or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And
2: I believe Johnny Knoxville might be doing a spot at the next WWE. Uh well,
0: I've seen them pop I've seen the Jackass guys yeah, pop up at WWE events yeah, all the time. Yeah, but I
2: guess it was just announced that he was he's going to be like some sort of special something at the next event and i'm like oh my god something crazy is about to happen yeah they're gonna do something and god crazy. bless him man i hope it, whatever they're they're planning he he's gonna be okay big show's gonna come out he's gonna jump off slam him. he's <laughs> gonna jump off like the ladder like from the top of the you know big screen i have a feeling it's gonna it's gonna be crazy <laughs> i don't horrible.
0: know uh, I'm I, I'm surprised. I'm the only one in the room who's excited for this, and I didn't even like the other Jackass stuff. Whatever. Oh, the, I think oh, the fans are great. telling
2: me it's Royal Rumble. He's going to be in the Royal it's Rumble. Royal Rumble. So he's Wait gonna a minute. Is he going out to into be the crowd. in the yeah, Royal in Rumble? The, he's a participant in oh the my Royal God, Rumble. That's going to be hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So there we go.
0: Shameless. Uh, whatever. You know, WWE <laughs> taking the money of the uh, Jackass people. Why not? That I'm. I'll watch that for that. Anyway, guys. <laughs> question is for you did you have a chance to see the new jackass trailer if so what did you think have you always been into jackass are you not really are you excited about this movie i'm telling you what i'm deliriously excited for it i can't wait to watch it whatever you guys are thinking jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts all right guys with that down Let's move into our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics here in The John Campia Show? Well, it's really rather simple. You see, you guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on the show, just go anytime, 24-7 over to www.thejohncampionshow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Sorry, yes. You're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on the John Campia Show. That down. Kim, what is our first main topic today?
3: All right, everyone. Our first main topic comes from James Lachman. Hey, John, I just heard the terrible news of actor comedian Bob Saget passing away at the age of 65, best known for playing Danny Tanner in Full House and hosting America's Funniest Home Videos. But I'll remember him for playing himself in one of my favorite shows of all time, Entourage. Even though he played a fictitious portrayal of himself, I found it quite entertaining and is one of the many things that made Entourage so great
0: what are your thoughts all right thanks a lot for saying that in james i was stunned when i heard about i mean look when we've had a couple of icons and legends pass away recently and, and and why we were all saddened about the passing of betty white 99 years she gave glory to this world right and so not really stunned to hear about saddened not stunned bob saget I was actually really surprised to hear about this because every time I saw him, he seemed like he was super healthy. I mean, dude did not look 65. No. I mean, he looked mid fifties at worst. I mean, he just looked great for his age. And 65 is incredibly young. And apparently he was out on tour. He was out on tour doing this big, long comedy tour. He was found in his hotel room. But the initial findings, look, obviously, we don't know anything. But they said uh, the initial police statement that came out said there was no evidence of drug use. Because I know that's the first thing people, comedian found dead in a hotel. Everybody instantly goes to drug use. I guess that has happened a lot. But they said there was no evidence of drug use, no evidence of foul play. So they're going to come out with those results sometime later. Obviously, most people, when they think of Bob Saget, they're going to think of Full House. And I and I get it. I was never a huge Full House guy, but I, I watched Full House a little bit. What I actually remembered him most for, and this is going to be weird. And it was this documentary about a joke. There was a documentary about a joke. And the joke was, now I can't remember the name of it, it was called uh, uh, the something something, and I'm forgetting the name of it now. The live chat will know. Yeah, the live chat will know. You guys in the live chat, throw it in there. I just, I was just thinking about it earlier today, and I'm freezing on the name of it. But um, it's, it's basically this documentary, The Aristocrats. How does this called? The Aristocrats. So it's just a documentary about the dirtiest, filthiest joke ever told, and it's got some of the greatest icons in comedy. History and Bob Saget doing it, and that's where I like saw Bob Saget in a whole new light because we saw him on America's Funniest Home Videos. By the way, he was a great host. Yeah, he was for America's Funniest Home Video. And you're right, his his turn on entourage was great. He was a game show host. He was like he did a lot, but he was truly a gifted stand up comedian. And I would always remember the delight I would have watching people who only ever knew Bob Saget as the dad in Full House do one of his truly raunchy comedy routines and be completely taken aback by it. Um, so, yeah, I was really sad to hear about this. The dude was too young. I mean, he was too young, and the the guy just had so much laughter and everything to give the world. Very, very sad to hear about the passing Bob Saget. Uh, Rob, you heard about this. Uh, what are your thoughts on the passing Bob Saget?
1: Well, like you said, he was on tour, and he had tweeted out hours before yeah how great his tour was going and how he had done a two-hour set and how much fun he was having so on that note I mean the old adage that you know he went out doing something he loved doing the fact that he he was performing that he was doing something that he loved the most in the world and that's sort of his last day on earth I think that if you have to go that's that's not a bad way to leave Mm. but he was only 65 years old. He had many, I'm sure, many more comedy s- stand-up sets to do, so I'm sad to hear about his passing, but I am glad that, again, he lived a life that he touched a lot of people and meant a lot to a lot of uh, uh, TV viewers, and and
0: people will remember
1: him, and that's
0: all you can ask for. Kim, uh, you, uh, Full House, I'm sure, was a part of your life growing up and everything, too, and a lot of the other things you did, your thoughts on his passing.
3: Well, one I was I was super shocked. It was super shocked, and it was heartbreaking because you know it makes me think of the effect that TV has on our real lives. And I saw a lot of comments of people saying, "He raised me,"
0: right? And and (laughs) and
3: honestly, that's not like oh yeah right, because you hear a lot of people that come to this country, and the way they learned English was TV. So television has such an impact on our lives and just seeing that single widowed dad of three girls for a lot of people that maybe didn't grow up with a dad, that was the image that they saw. And those images are so important. And he really did care about that role. I, I didn't know about his raunchy side. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people at did all growing up. And I remember seeing half baked. And that scene where it was like uh, AA or something and, and people are talking about you know their addiction and, and Dave Chappelle gets up there and talks about his addiction to weed. And then Bob Saget stands up out of the crowd and is like, is that addiction to you? Have you ever? <laughs> For heroin? Because I have. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> y'all can check out the movie if you want to know what he said. But I my mouth was like, <laughs> America's dad? No, I had no idea that he had a filthy side. I didn't know that. But actually, I appreciate how separate he kept it. Yes. And I think that's really an art when you can be known in one world, in the comedy world, for your specific type of humor, which he was a funny guy. But then you can be really America's dad. And I and I, I think he's warmed and touched so many hearts, and um he's really going to be missed.
0: And you know what? He was he was a director too. Like he he directed that Norm mcdonald comedy with Dirty Dirty with Dirty Deeds or Dirty Jobs.
2: Dirty deeds. I dirty
0: think. deeds, right? Yeah. I remember that movie. Man, watch it. Like this, so the dude was so multifaceted. He brought so many different levels of entertainment to the world. The family stuff the sit at home, you know, a reality world with America's Funniest Home Videos, the raunchy stuff, you know, and, and then his turn on Entourage was fantastic. And while he is gone too young, uh, let us celebrate the contributions that Bob Saget uh, made to the world of entertainment, touched a lot of different peoples on a lot of different levels. And uh, what a life, uh, Rob, as you would often say, a life well lived. And he gave a lot in, the, in terms of entertainment to a lot of people it was called dirty work dirty Dirty work work. dirty work that's the name of it thank Thank you ray dennis (laughs) and thank you guys in live chat dirty work it was really really quite good anyway guys what do you think of bob Sega when you think about him and his legacy what's gonna be the legacy to you that you think of what stands out the most what puts the biggest smile on your face when you think about the contributions that he made to the world of entertainment whatever you guys are thinking jump on down to the comments section below and let us know your thoughts All right, guys, before we move on, let's pay some bills here and go and listen to one of the sponsors of today's show, our friends at Manscaped. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this video, Manscaped. Now, look, guys, it's a brand new year. It's time to make some resolutions about taking care of ourselves, and that includes... Taking care of our balls for too long. Too many guys I know have been using like beard trimmers or even worse, this part of the electric razor to take care of the area down there. It's barbaric. It's like trying to carve the statue of David using a dull butter knife. Thankfully, there is a solution for guys like you and me and it's manscaped. Manscaped is a company dedicated to giving us guys products to take care of the parts that we often forget to take care of properly. Now, I've been using the Performance Package 4.0. The package includes the backbone of their line, the Lawnmower 4.0. And listen, I love this thing. It's designed and built specifically for our ball area, giving the best and most comfortable results that I have personally, honestly, ever had. And you have to try to believe it. It also comes with the Weed Whacker. It's a specialized tool for, you know, your nose and ear hair trimming that Ray Ora himself just recently used for a special event, and it worked better than his previous tools. And I gotta mention the body wash. I am not joking. I used the body wash for the first time about a week ago, and you can ask Kimberly, Ray, or Rob, or any of them. I came into the studio that day raving about how I haven't enjoyed taking a shower this much in a long time. The body wash is fantastic. Also included is the Crop Preserver. That's your ball deodorant, guys. Take care of yourselves down there. And also don't forget the Crop Reviver, which is a ball toner. So guys, get 20% off and free shipping with the code campia at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com make sure you use that promo code campia it's the new year guys no pubes in 2022 with manscaped all right with that down let's move on to main topic number two kim coming off of that what is our second main topic today (laughs) <laughs> I'm refreshed.
3: <laughs> Raza Heider says, Hey, John and crew, Disney announced that Pixar's Turning Red will no longer debut in theaters on March 11th, instead going straight to Disney+. Plus. This is the third Pixar film to skip a theatrical release entirely after Soul in December of 2020 and Luca in June of 2021, at a time when theaters are reopening and big movies were premiering. Meanwhile, Disney's animated films Raya and the Last Dragon and Encanto both received theatrical releases. Why do you think Pixar keeps getting the short end of the stick among Disney Studios? And what does this mean
0: for the future of Pixar? All right, thanks a lot for sending this in. Now, of course, on Friday's episode of the John Cambus Show, late into the show, news came out that Disney had, they put out the, the press release that Turning Red... A movie I am very excited about. Me too. I think these trailers have looked delighted. It's not even just because it takes place in Toronto, but I'm very, you know, everything is together. the CN Tower in the background. I think it looks delightful and wonderful, and I can't wait to see it. And then the news came out: they are pulling its theatrical release, third Pixar film in a row to have its theatrical release pulled, and they were putting it directly onto Disney Plus. I believe March eleventh. I think that was the date, somewhere around it there. Was. Now, there are two different ways of looking at this. On the one hand, like you're saying, if you're a Pixar person, you might be pretty pissed off today. As a matter of fact, there are reports going around about members of Pixar. I mean, we heard after Luca and, uh, Luca and uh, Soul that there were a lot of people at Pixar that were very, very pissed off. I reached out to somebody I know who does not work directly at Pixar, but is kind of connected, and I asked a little bit last night, it's like, like what are you hearing? They're saying their people at Pixar who are very upset, who are very upset because, you know, they look over at their counterparts at Disney Animation that even through the pandemic, their films, one way or another, are getting a form of theatrical release while our films are being relegated to direct to home video. And they have been pretty upset about that. And now this happened again, third film in a row for Pixar. Disney seems to be treating Pixar like a direct-to-home video company. And that does not sit well with the finest storytellers and artists and creators in the world who work over there at Pixar, and they don't seem to be very happy about it. And on the one hand, I get that. I do. I, I would understand their frustration. On the other hand, I would say this too. in You don't often hear me say this, but in defense of this move, Disney is probably looking at something like Sing, right? Because during the pandemic, one of the harder areas to get a lot of people out to is family stuff, right? A lot of parents are, are hesitant about taking their kids into pack rooms when we're having the highest spikes in, in the COVID pandemic that we've ever had, all that kind of stuff. And if you need a practical example, Sing is a good example. Because you can look at Sing 2 right now and say, oh my gosh, like, even with Spider-Man out there, Sing 2's made over $200 million. Woo! And that's that's pretty good. But Sing 1 made over, six and a half, six, over $600 million, closer to that $650 million range. And so Disney's probably also looking at that and saying, ah, are we going to get our best potential results out of Turning Red by putting it into theaters right now? And then if your answer to that is no, if we if they're thinking we're not going to maximize our return on this by putting it in theaters right now, well, then you got a couple of options. Do we delay it or do we just put it straight to Disney Plus? Remember, they've spent millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars on marketing on this film already. So they're thinking, do we want to push it and then have to relaunch another marketing campaign a few months down the line and spend more millions and millions and millions of dollars? Or do we cut our losses as far as that goes and try to put it directly out onto um, onto Disney+, Plus, get some benefit from it right now? And that's the option they seem to be taking. So I, I get it. There are two different ways of looking at it. I still think, look, if I'm in the boardroom at Disney, honestly, this is what I would say. My vote is to delay it. I mean, obviously, we are not going to get our full financial potential if we put it in theaters right now. you you got to be the stupidest person in the world if you don't understand that. Obviously, Disney's not going to make their full financial potential with this movie by putting it in theaters right now. you got to be a complete moron not to recognize that. So, okay, then what do we do? Well, then delay it. We have seen examples of films that have delayed and done pretty well. I mean, and when Top Gun comes out, it's going to do great. It got delayed. Jackass got delayed. I don't know how good Jackass is going to do, <laughs> but I don't know how good Jackass is going to do under any circumstance. I, I don't really know about that. But to me, the answer is delay it. Push it three or four months, then have it come out and like see where things are at. But I don't know. But listen, I totally get why people at Pixar are kind of upset. You know, Because when I first heard they were upset after like one of the movies got pushed, I thought, Calm down guys. You're hired to do a job. Do your job. Let every let the higher execs decide what they're going to do with it. But then it happens again, and then it happens again. So I get it. I see they're upset. I'm not going to pretend it's not a tough situation, Rob. You take a look at this scenario. Right, number one, are you surprised by this move? And then secondly, if you're the exec in the room, what do you propose that they have to to do with turning red
1: well i mean you did a good job of explaining it i'm not surprised but you know me john i am a proponent of the value that is added to a film through its theatrical release and pixar movies it's not like pixar is some struggling company that maybe (laughs) once upon a time has a hit uh no pixar has consistently over the course of almost three decades churned out hit after hit after hit after hit and like you said you've got the greatest creative minds ever assembled in animation that work at this company and I can't help but think they the creators themselves have to find this somewhat demoralizing why is it that Pixar is the person that or the company that has to take this hit and when something winds up when something winds up on Disney plus it just doesn't have the penetration into the cultural zeitgeist this movie looks like it would have been a water cooler movie that people would have talked about it. Wow, I just saw this film. It's so delightful. It's so it's, It was so great. I'm so glad I saw it in a theater. It's never going to have that opportunity now. And it's like everything else. When you stream something, uh, even in my own mind, it's hard for me to retain a movie I've seen if I'm just watching it when it's streaming. And I feel bad for the people at Pixar. But I mean, obviously, the bean counters at Disney are making a decision they think is best for the company. I just don't know how how it's best for the creators and you need the creators still making good stuff
0: yeah and and as we know under the leadership of bob chapek the number one thing under attack is creatives the creative people are the ones that are getting shoved aside and whatever under the bob chapek era so far and and we'll see if that changes as time goes on kim you know you have youngins in your life i mean a pixar films everything. big thing. You surprised to hear about this? What do you think about the move?
3: Oh, I'm so disappointed. I really feel for them. I think, it's, I think it's a huge bummer. And I can only imagine how the artists and the writers are feeling. Because the thing about Pixar is it's not just some like, ah, make them chuckle here. Yeah, do that. Make them chuckle there. Their movies have a message. And they always have a message that makes us think inward. It really opens children's eyes. I mean, the conversations that I've had with my nephews after watching a Pixar film in the theater are conversations we have over lunch where I'm able to address things like life after death. I'm able to address things like integrity. What does it mean to you guys? Let's talk about loss. And almost, I've heard friends like that have used up like after a grandparent passed away to help kind of open the door to the conversation with their kids about loss. Like let's watch up and then let's talk about Nana and how much we miss her, you know? And I agree with you, Rob, when you're in the theater, it just hits different. The impact is different yeah. than when you're in your socks, in your yoga pants, pausing the TV to go do this. And I forgot to do this. So let's pause. And now you're in time out everyone acts a little bit better, the behavior's a little bit better in the theater. And I think um, this is a huge disappointment. I encourage people to watch it because just from the trailers, it looks like a load of fun and it looks like it has a great message about acceptance and and how we evolve and change. And so I I really feel for the artists and the Uh, creatives on this.
1: Another thing about Pixar movies is, is we talk about how the theatrical experience is participatory. Yes, you know, and and people are like, oh my god, I, the the theater went crazy in Spider Man No Way Home, but Pixar movies always have had that audience participation, absolutely, the laughter, the the tears, the love that you feel. I mean, they're joyous experiences in the theater. They always have been. I mean, all the way back to things like whether it's the first Toy Story or A Bug's Life, you know, you go The Incredibles all the way back. I mean, I saw Cars Three with my uh, nephew and he was a f- he's a hot wheels cars fanatic and the joy that was you know in his heart seeing that movie i'm like wow man i mean it's it's this is why people go to the movies
0: yeah anyway guys question is for you what do you think about this i mean hey it's not, we're still gonna get to see it I, i'm still very much looking to see it it was a tough predicament how do you guys see this what would you have done If you were a Disney exec right now with Turning Red, whatever you guys are feeling, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number three. It is number three, right? Kim, what is our third main topic today?
3: Okay, this is coming from Ariel K. Greetings from Ottawa, Ontario. Batfleck recently did an interview with the la times where he said his experience with filming the justice league was the nadir of his career with one bad thing happening after another that ultimately ultimately left him feeling burnt out with the character i think this gives some closure to affleck leaving his role and not directing the batman what are your thoughts
0: all right thanks a lot for saying that in man and yeah i remember a couple days ago uh, news started to hit. I started seeing these headlines going around saying Ben Affleck calls Justice League the worst experience he's ever had and, and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, whoo, as if that entire title and property needs more drama surrounding it. And uh, you guys know, I, long before it was cool, I'm a Ben Affleck fan. I have been a Ben Affleck fan for a long time. I think this dude is great. And If you want to know just how good of an actor he is, go watch Changing Lanes. With him and Samuel Jackson, I, and I thought he was great. I mean, I know not everybody loved uh, the recent one he did with Matt Damon, uh, the Last Duel. I thought he was fantastic in it. Like yep. I, and I thought the 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 bro chemistry between him and Adam Driver in it was like sick and twisted, but really awesome. I thought the chemistry was great. I just I've always loved Ben Affleck, and his Batman incarnation is my favorite incarnation of the character on screen so far. And I really wanted him, I really wanted a Batman, a Ben Affleck directed and starring in Batman movie. I'm still super excited for the Batman being directed by Matt Reese, but I always wanted the Ben Affleck one, right? Now, there there's a lot of drama that went on around the Justice League. However, what has happened, and it happens all the time in the fan communities, that headline goes out, Ben Affleck, you know, says the Justice League was the worst experience of his thing. And that's all people read. And they start running with all these narratives about what that meant. Oh, it meant that he hated this person. It meant he hated that person. Until you actually read what Ben Affleck wrote and said. And then you realize, man, this this is a dude who had a lot going on in his life. A lot of self-inflicted injuries. Self-inflicted. But a lot of stuff going on nonetheless. This comes to us from The Hollywood Reporter writes the following. And this is Ben Affleck speaking. He says, it was really Justice League that, the, that was the native for me, Affleck recalled, who retired as the Cape Crusader in 2019, but will be back in the role for The Flash in November. That was a bad experience because of a confluence of things. My own life, my divorce, being away too much, the competing agendas, and then Zach's personal tragedy and the reshooting. It just was the worst experience. It was awful. It was everything that I didn't like about this. The star continued. That became the moment where I said, I'm not doing this anymore. It's not even about like Justice League was so bad because it could have been anything. And that again comes to us from Ben Affleck and the folks over at the Hollywood Reporter. This is interesting to me because I think sometimes we as movie fans, myself included, we forget that these are real people with much, in many ways, much different sets of problems than you and I have, because money ain't one of them. But a lot of the same problems we have too. And, you know, Ben has been somebody who, again, I acknowledge self-inflicted injuries, but he has struggled with substance abuse, alcoholism. He had a, you know, the stuff with his relationship with Jennifer Garner, his marriage fell apart. He's got kids with that person. Plus, you got to remember, that when he was doing like Batman versus Superman, all that kind of stuff, Ben Affleck was one of the hottest names in Hollywood. I think a top five director at the time, like everything he was directing was turning out to be awesome. And it seemed like for a little bit, for the first time in his career, everybody was loving Ben Affleck. Then on top of all the personal problems, Batman versus Superman came. It was obviously very critically and and with the audience, very divisive. Some people loved him, some people didn't. Then the whole, the sad Affleck memes started going, remember those? The sad Affleck themes going around and all that kind of stuff on top of all the personal problems he was having. And then I thought he very well articulated why for him that time while he was shooting Justice League was the absolute worst experience for him because he was dealing with all that on top of his personal issues, on top of his very public divorce, on top of being away from his kids while all that mess was going on, and on top of and on top of and on top of... Now, I know there are a lot of people out there with agendas who want to rush to say, oh, this was him talking about how much he hated that movie. And, but he specifically said, look, this isn't about how bad Justice... This is about all these things combined. And I'm sure the fact that Justice League wasn't all that well-received is probably part of that. But anyway, I, I think this puts... really good to put a human face on it. Now, I will say this too. This is kind of the third or fourth new version of Ben Affleck explaining why he walked away from Batman, right? And and I'm not blaming him, but you know, at first was, you know, I just realized I can't star as Batman and do a good job directing, so I'm going to give up the director's chair. And everybody believed it, when obviously that wasn't true. Then he got on stage at CinemaCon or at uh, comic con when people like myself and a few others said Ben Affleck is out as Batman, but he still got on stage at comic con said, no, I'll be, what'd he say? I'll be an ape for Matt Reeves and crawl around on all four. Woohoo! I'm still Batman. Well, we know now he wasn't, he had actually made the decision long before that to step away from it. Then came out a different version about it now. And I think as more times pass, we're getting closer and closer to the real picture about why he stepped away. And, and And honestly, I like that because it's putting a more human face to it. So it's kind of interesting to see and hear. And listen, I don't care. I am still a big Ben Ben Affleck fan. I still cannot wait to see him in that cape and cowl again in the Flash. I don't care how good or bad the Flash turns out. I'm looking forward to seeing that, and I will look forward to seeing whatever Ben Affleck does. I still haven't watched a Tender Bar. I've got it queued up on on my TV. I got to watch a Tender Bar. I haven't got around to it yet, but I will watch, and I cannot wait to watch him direct again and all that kind of stuff. And here's hoping for a bright and healthy future for Ben and getting back on the full track he was on prior to all the stuff going on. Rob, you know how you and I talk a lot about how much I like Ben Affleck, but You know, you hear him now kind of recounting the story. Does it kind of change the way we perceive the way all the drama was going on at the time? Well, I think it
1: adds clarification. And, you know, us fanboys are always talking about, well, especially Zack Snyder's Justice League. There's a lot of conversation that is ongoing about that project. And I think it's nice to have clarification from, from Mr. Affleck himself about what was going on. A lot of people don't realize that making movies for some people is a profession. It's a job. So it's not like while you're making movies that you're feeling like, my God, I've I've been a part of this cultural artifact, like Zack Snyder's Justice League, and then it gets turned into Joss Whedon's Justice League, and all the craziness happens. It's a job. And people usually take pride in those jobs and they want these things to be good. And when something goes very, very south on you and it's not it's out of your control. It no matter what it is, no matter how much money you're getting paid, you still want it to be good. You still put years of your life into something, and then when it isn't good, it's crushing. Take away the money, take away the fame, but the actual act of creation when it gets subverted somehow, and then on top of that, you're you're you've got a drinking problem, you're trapped in a marriage, you're going through a divorce. I mean. Ben Affleck's just a person like anybody else, and what he he copped to the fact that this was all going on, man. I felt for the guy reading that. I read the interview, yeah, and I felt for him. I was like, Psh. and plus, public scrutiny. You know, you can't go anywhere. You can't like, you can't go to a bar and talk to the bartender if you're feeling bummed out. <laughs> Someone's gonna come up and ask for an autograph. I mean, uh, what a bummer.
0: You know, and I th- one of the interesting things too here that he said was finding on this is he was already having the worst experience before zach snyder left the project right and he's not at all blaming any of it on zach snyder not at, at all. all but you know just go back and look at this uh, go back and look at this one point point again when he said um that was his bad experience because of a confluence of things my own life my divorce being away too much the competing agendas and then zach's personal tragedy like then Lee. so even before Snyder left. Like he was just saying, this was the most miserable experience, and it had a lot to do with the circumstances going on in his life. Yeah,
1: and he's the guy's an A-list director. He's won his film Argo, won Best Picture, and I'll get, I got I got to tell you, I really liked some of all fears when he stepped into the role of Jack Ryan. <laughs> I I I thought that movie was really good, and I would have loved to have seen him continue
0: that series. Anyway, guys, so. the question is for you: What do you think about these comments now being made by Ben Affleck? I think it helps to put a real human face on everything that was going on how are you guys feeling about it whatever your thoughts are jump down into the comment section below and leave us your thoughts all right guys with that down let's move on to main topic number four kim what is our fourth main topic today
3: okay this comes from jeremy wright Hey, John. So it's not surprising that the 355 did badly at the box office. But I got to say, it is surprising just how badly it did. The movie didn't make $5 million opening weekend. How could a movie with Jessica Chastain, Lupita Nyong'o, Sebastian Stan, and so many other big names flop this hard? Thanks, and bring on the filthy. All
0: right, thanks for sending this in. And I think it was last week. We were talking about the 355, five, and I was saying, this isn't... I mean, all of us were saying, this this is not going to do well. And when asked what I think it's going to do, I said, I think I'm being generous when I say 15 million. I didn't realize how generous oh, I was yeah. being, like three times generous. This movie came out, this big Hollywood feature film with some of the biggest names and biggest stars. Including like Winter Soldier himself, Sebastian Stan, as, as long as with one of the most impressive female casts we've seen in a movie in a long time. And the movie makes oh $4.8 million at the box office. Ouch. That's a huge ouch. I will go on and say that is, in recent Hollywood history, one of the biggest flops in recent Hollywood history. So in the post-mortem, the question becomes, why? How? How did this movie do so badly? We understand it's terrible. A lot of terrible movies can still make more than $4.8 million. I want to suggest there are a couple of probably contributing factors to this. Let's get the big obvious one out of the way. A lot of films are having a hard time in the last couple of years. Pandemic, what have you. Okay, so that's a factor. I personally think the biggest factor not to it doing badly because it was going to do badly regardless but to it doing this badly has more to do something to do with i think a lot of people just forgot this film here's a little thing for you the first trailer for the 355 came out in october of 2020 october of 2020 is when the marketing campaign went into full gear for the 355 and it's summed up best in my conversation with my wife about it the other day when I asked, Hey, are you interested in going to see maybe the theaters this week and going to see the 355? She goes, What's that? And I explained it to her. She goes, Wait, didn't that come out like a year ago? I'm <laughs> like, No, it never did. And then they clearly did not get a commitment for a true, really good marketing budget again for this relaunch because it just flew under a lot of people's radars. Now, again, that's not, I'm not saying that's why I did badly. I think it was going to do badly regardless. But when you combine that, because some films have done better at relaunching than others, like some films have been pushed dates and then they remount a a serious new ad campaign, get things going. This didn't really get that. It's ads were here and there, whatever, but it didn't really happen. Uh, There's also another kind of angle to this that I think is interesting that the folks over at Forbes gave us. But in talking about an all-female spy-like action thing, (laughs) the folks at Forbes wrote the following. Why would moviegoers drive to theaters for the 355 when, can wa- when they can watch Karen Gillian's Gunpowder Milkshake, which was supposed to be in theaters, uh, Chastain's Ava, which had a limited uh, release before breaking out of VOD, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's uh, uh, Winstead's Kate and Kate Beckinsale's Jolt, along with Maggie Q's Theatrical, but now VOD, The, pro- uh, the Protégé, which I really love, at home. The spy flick will presumably be available on PVOD in about two and a half weeks. <laughs> I imagine the casually curious are just waiting. Now, again, I don't think that's because there's so many, if you're in the mood for a female spy action centric movie, because there are so many options right now on a lot of streaming, I don't think that's the prevailing thing, but it's another thing. And I think when you start adding up poorly rolled out marketing campaign in trying to relaunch the fact that the first trailer came out literally in 2020 the fact that a lot of people didn't even realize it was coming. The fact that apparently it's quite awful. I still haven't brought myself to go watch it. I've just a lot of people I know telling me, John, we know what you movies you like. You're going to hate this because we hated it. <laughs> so it's, it's done very poorly on that level. The, the fact that there are these other options, all this kind of stuff. I still don't know how to explain it only making 4.8. I mean, that's ridiculously low, but I think it all kind of adds up to that thing. Rob, you know, we've been talking a lot about the three, five, five lately and about how not in a good way, not in a good way. And, 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 And the fact that we had low expectations, I am a Simon Kimberg fan. I mean, I think when you go down his, his list of work as a producer and as a writer, he's got a couple of rotten eggs on there for sure, but he's also got some fantastic films in there as well. I have been cheering for him. My own thing is this, you know, in the NFL, I always bring to a sports analogy a lot of times they say when you draft a hot rookie quarterback, what do they say? Don't start him right away. You're going to ruin him. Let him let him, let him, him sit on the bench behind a vet. Let him get his feet under him, then launch him. Because if you put them out there too early, we've seen this happen to a lot of NFL quarterbacks. Some rookies come out and they're great right out of the gate. But a lot of rookie quarterbacks, they get thrown in before they're ready. I think Simon Kimberg was thrown and he did it himself into directing a big tentpole X-Men film when he had never directed another film ever in his life. I thought that was too big of a project. And instead of learning great lessons from it and bringing those lessons over to 355, it kind of looks like he's a ruined quarterback at this point in some (laughs) ways. I know, Rob, you see the results of the 355s again. What do you attribute it to?
1: Well, I think you summed it up nicely, but I honestly, I really think that if this movie was good... And it had great word of mouth. Winning and people cures said, everything. Winning cures everything. And I, I, it's back to your sports analogy. Um, <laughs> I, I just think like, look, this movie was tailor made for my interests, my subset of of genres that I like, the spy action thriller, the female spy action thriller, all the way back to Luc Besson's La Femme Nikita and The Professional. I mean, I, and I, I love Jessica Chastain. As a matter of fact, I love Lapita and Yango. I loved all, the the cast of this movie is great. Amazing. And and for for you to make a film, I mean, I read a number of reviews about this, and it it had really lackluster reviews. And what's interesting to me is this is a genre that's well traveled, as Forbes pointed out. And you should be looking at these things. There's no excuse. To write a spy thriller if it's female oriented or male oriented or whoever's orientation it is that is is lackluster in this day and age because there's lots of material to look at and go there's this 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 and this and if we're going to do this we have to be better than these movies otherwise why why make the film so unfortunately everybody takes a bath on this and then it's going to be even harder to get a female ensemble movie made again that's like this and that's the real bummer is that you know when you have such a great cast talk about a cast of a diverse cast a cast that is made up of incredible actresses to squander that kind of talent makes it harder to make a movie like this in the future
0: and that's the bummer you raise a really great point because look at what happened with r-rated comic book movies because there were a number of R-rated comic book movies that nobody talks about anymore because they all struggle. Like even Watchmen for Warner Brothers struggled at the box office, a number of other R-rated comic book movies. And so that made the studios believe, well, the problem is R-rated comic book movies. And so it took a while for for, for studios to start trying R-rated comic book movies, even though the rating wasn't the problem in the first place. Right. And I think you're right. I think this is going to hurt that too, because I think they're going to say, oh, well, look, if they did the three five five and it failed. Well, it might have been a lot of other things. It wasn't the fact that it was a female-led action film. There are other female-led action films that would do well, but I, I, I'm afraid of it. Well, might look at Lucy. Back.
1: Look at Scarlett Johansson and in yep. Lucy.
0: Um, Kim, you have taken a look at this. You've seen how badly this thing is flopped. What's the first thing that came to your head? Like if someone comes up to you says, Why do you think this thing failed so immensely badly at the box office? Uh, what would you respond to that?
3: You know what's weird is that I'm one of those where like, there's so many movies to see, but if, if there's a bad review, it just might send me away from the theaters with all the things streaming and other movies. I have to see my list is so long. I might go, wow, everyone's saying it's bad. I might skip this one for some reason. I still want to give this a try and not because I think it's going to be great, but I, I, I need to give it a fair shot for myself. And go, why did this do so bad? Because it's not just that it did bad. I would say if it did like 12 million, I might have said, you know, what? I'll wait till VOD. The fact that it was so, so bad makes me actually want to go see it and go, hmm, hmm. I got to see for myself what happened here. What happened here? It's disappointing because this cast is amazing. It's so good. This cast is amazing. And Rob, you brought up a great point that it's going to make it harder. When you screw this up, because the actors always talk about certain films and certain actors. You open the door for us to do this. There would be no X had there been a Y. And honestly, I'm like, come on, man. I want to see more female-led spy thrillers. But for me, like the trailers her monologue that voiceover was so corny i just felt like be badass out the gate stop talking so much let's just see the action let's see these girls throw down and for me that was a huge turnoff so i actually am gonna see this because i gotta see for myself
0: here's an interesting thing i went back and watched the original trailer that came out in 2020. It was so much better than the trailers they put out recently.
1: Have you seen those two? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I I wanted to see this movie. So
0: did I. I I saw the
1: trailer. I'm like, oh, this is right up my alley. You know, the only thing that Simon Kinberg, I mean, he's written so many good things. But for me, between Invasion, his new TV series, (laughs) and this, I'm like, bruh, come on, man. You're squandering some great opportunities here. Even though The Invasion, I know, got season two from Apple. I'll watch it because (laughs) I'm using it as a sleep aid, but I hope it's better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Uh, Do you think I'm being too harsh by calling it like one of the most biggest significant flops in recent Hollywood history. I mean, I'm, it's obviously not number one, but I think it's right up there. Did you have a chance to see yourself? What did you think about it? What do you contribute that this level of failure to whatever you guys are feeling, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys with that down, let's move on to main topic. Number five, shall we Kim? What is our fifth main topic today?
3: Okay, this is coming from Randall F. Hey, John and crew, I know you've been saying that you don't think the new Echo Show is actually an Echo Show, but actually just a secret facade for a new Daredevil series. But news just came out that the writers from both Netflix's Punisher and Daredevil series just joined the show. Does this change your mind at all about this, or are you still convinced the Echo Show is for real? Love the show, and Ray is always my game pick. (laughs) Oh, there
2: it is, i don't know what happened to you <laughs> who hurt you who, who hurt you he
1: just likes the underdog
0: <laughs> so all right listen yeah look we have talked about this a bunch a lot of people have been writing into the show ever since hawkeye even before hawkeye came out and suggested oh you think uh, that echo show might actually be Daredevil? of you think uh, they might be doing a little bait switch you know <laughs> they do do you like uh, even before hawkeye came out i had some people writing in do you think there's a possibility they could be pulling a you know captain america and the Ser- serpent society which actually really was captain america civil war and i've been saying for a long time well you know the big difference of that is is that it was still a captain america project yeah it wasn't serpent society it was Civil War, still a Captain America uh, thing. Then Hawkeye came out. And I don't think anybody in this room, I mean, correct all three of you, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think anybody in this room was particularly taken with the Echo character. Is is that fair to
1: say? Well, I, I, I've enjoyed that character in the comics quite a bit. And I did like the portrayal of how she became, you know, when she was a kid. Right. I, I really liked all that stuff. I don't think the elder, the older Echo was given enough to do in the Hawkeye show.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. But I mean, but the end result was that none of us, I don't think any of us left the series, the season finale of Hawkeye going, can't wait to watch Echo. Woo! Like, I don't think any of us kind of felt that way, which only then heightened a lot of people going... I, I don't, it does not feel like they set that character up for the, for her own solo show at all, John. I really think this might be a Daredevil. And I was still like, ah, no, I, I, I still, I mean, I, I can see where you're coming from now, but I still think they want to do this Echo series. I think they want to do Echo. I, I think the show's going to be Echo. Well, I might have to reassess a little bit because of a new little bit of a development. And that development is this. They have indeed just brought over actual writers from Daredevil and Punisher, the Netflix series, to be on Echo. This comes just from the folks over at Screenwriter, write the following. Uh, Ken Christensen and Dara Resnick will also be working as writers on Disney Plus's Echo. Christensen wrote three episodes of The Punisher, including season one, episode 10, Virtue of the Vicious, season two, episode three, Trouble Uh the Water, and season two, episode nine, Fluster Cluck, and Resnick wrote two episodes of Daredevil, including season three, episode eight, Upstairs, Downstairs, and episode 11, Reunion. Daredevil's third and seemingly final season is arguably the series' best, and with episode eight focusing on Benjamin poindexer slash Bullseye, uh, played by Wilson Bethel. That comes to us from Screen Rant. So it, it, it's not that... They've brought over these writers from the Netflix shows as the main writers of the thing. They're they're coming over. They're going to be working on this show. Does this mean that the Echo Show, we can now say it's official. This is actually a Daredevil series. No, we can't. Do I believe it's far more likely today that it just might be? Listen. Listen. I've always said this, if you're an intelligent person, you allow your opinion and mind to be changed with the revelation of new information. I still, if I had to put 20 bucks on, if I think this show is actually still going to be echo, or if it's going to be a daredevil series, I will still put the 20 bucks on. It's going to be echo, but I would no longer put 50 two months ago. I would have put a thousand dollars on that. I'm not kidding. I would have put a thousand bucks. Rob, if you had come up to me and said, I'll bet you a thousand bucks, this is actually going to be a Daredevil series. I'd, I would have said, I'll take that bet. I'll take that bet. I would not take that bet today. 20 bucks. Yes. But when you start adding up the little things about the return of Charlie Cox, right? That Kevin Feige himself came out and trumpeted. When you take into account where we just saw Charlie Cox, then you take into account that it that in Hawkeye it didn't really feel like they were setting up an Echo solo series. And then now you put on top of that the fact that they're actually getting Daredevil and Punisher writers from the Netflix series into work on that. I can no longer say with any sort of a, of certainty that there's no way this is a Daredevil series. I think if you're one of those crazy people saying that this is going to be a Daredevil series, I actually don't think you're all that crazy anymore. I, I got to say, I... I think i'm at a point where i'm going to say i am no longer going to be shocked that this does turn out to be a daredevil series and at some event coming up in the near future kevin feige is going to be doing some event and saying i want to bring out a special guest and charlie cox comes walking out and they have the the echo show plaque and then it spins around and it's daredevil the (laughs) mcu's a brand new mcu's daredevil again 20 bucks still on echo rob you're seeing all this the way i'm seeing it you've heard all the fans and the conspiracy theorists and everything talk about this too does your needle move at all with this new information we just got and what do you think is happening here this is
1: not a daredevil series it is a daredevil adjacent ah. series and are do you think that marvel who's announced a a, a woman of color who is also hearing impaired, you think that they're not gonna make that show in this day and age? This is a character people are gonna embrace and love, but I'll tell you something, John, in this Echo Show, we're gonna see Kingpin, we're gonna see Daredevil, we're gonna see Punisher. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Luke Cage as well, my man, Mike. We're gonna see all of these characters and it's gonna be their way of reclaiming those Netflix shows. I wouldn't be surprised if Jessica Jones is is isn't in this show. It is going to be absolutely Netflix brought into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it's going to be a show that focuses on Echo.
0: Kim, what are you mm. thinking about this right now? Have you been are you swayed at all? Does this change your out view on it in any way shape or form? You know, I'm really in line
3: with what you said, Rob. I'm really in line with it because I I I when I saw this, I was like, "Okay, I like this because there's a savagery when you get into the world of Kingpin, like just bringing Kingpin in on, you know, that episode of those two episodes of Hawkeye. Now that you're in that world again, Disney, even with um, uh, uh, Winter Soldier uh, and the new Captain America, it was good. The action was good. But there's something about the world of Kingpin and Daredevil. It's got a savagery to it. And you do need to bring over those writers. I don't think you can just be on Disney Plus and be like, we're going to bring back Kingpin. I mean, I was a little nervous with the Hawaiian shirt. I was like, what are we doing here, guys? Is he still the savage Wilson Fisk that we know? And I feel like they are going to have Daredevil in this. I I do think it's going to be almost 50-50. And I think if they really want to grab us to convince us that it's really Echo's show... That they're really giving her the spotlight whatever that trailer is needs to hit hard and it needs to be a little bit of that savagery that we've seen uh with with daredevil totally because he was he was breaking fools left and right and and being on disney plus i'm not going to say things are watered down but i i am going to say you are not going to see the same adrenaline you're not going to see the same violence that you saw from netflix for sure you I don't think you take an episode of the Netflix daredevil and just put it on Disney plus and it's going to be the same. That's not going to happen, but they do need those writers to pull us into the world of, you know, the Kingpin. Cause I mean, she shot him in the freaking face, you know, where, (laughs) where are we picking up from that? And we need those writers to kind of bring in that savagery a little mixed with, disney plus and their soft pillowy selves
0: well here's the thing too i i so i still believe this is going to be an echo series and i do believe we're probably going to see some of these characters i do not believe we're about to see the importation of the netflix series in. this is obviously this is a different kingpin they've rewritten the kingpin's history now with the tracksuit mafia Mm -hmm. they've obviously given this kingpin superpowers the other kingpin did not have superpowers so we're already seeing some changes there so uh, but i do think I I also don't think we're going to see Punisher. I don't. I, at least, I don't think we're going to see the John Bernthal Punisher. Although I would love it if we did, because I love John Bernthal's oh. Punisher. But if I you mean, see it's... him, he
3: won't be doing anything physical.
0: Yeah. Well, also because Punisher you can't be today to is problematic character. for Disney. Punisher yeah. today is, is because there are some people who've kind of usurped Punisher's imagery and stuff like that that Disney wants to have no association with. So I, I think that presents a little bit of a, of a challenge as well. But I, in principle, agree with you. I think this is still going to be an echo show. I think they're going to bring more elements, obviously, Kingpin. There's, they're going to bring more elements of that into it. How much of which and, and which ones they do, I don't know. But again, I'm just saying I'm not going to be shocked now. I'm not going to be shocked if we find out it's actually a secret Daredevil well, show.
1: I mean, look, the Kingpin, the tracksuit mafia was just one part of the Kingpin's much larger empire of crime
0: not the way hawkeye explained his history
1: well i think i but i think that that was just because you know that also comes out of the comics the, the tracksuit mafia yes. came right out of the Mac, mad faction comics and that it was just again the association with kingpin was just a small part of i think you're going to see echo and kingpin go to war because now echo knows well, it has it was, to be right if it's an yeah. echo show
0: it has to yeah right?
1: and, and and you're gonna what's gonna the thing is the mcu can't really deal with street level crime Mm-hmm. The movies. And yet, Daredevil and all of the, the of the characters of that ilk are not going to be the ones that are dealing with cosmic. I mean, they might wind up in secret wars or something, but the they're they're the street level characters of the MCU. and it's I think it's a really interesting way for Marvel to they're kind of backdooring these characters into their universe. and I think it's a way to do it because they're already established you know, it's easier to come in and go, okay, we've already got, why not avail ourselves of these characters? Because they're already there. And we've already got these actors. and We don't have to start all over. People love it. And look at the response Charlie Cox got. Huge. How are you able to do that? I'm a really good lawyer. I mean, <laughs> everyone cheered. And, and, and
0: suddenly, Daredevil. One of the best lines of the movie. <laughs> and, and suddenly, man, Daredevil's a movie, movie star. So they can do it. Ray, I'm curious. Are you, like, you've been watching these, these series with us and stuff like that. What, do you, what are you looking forward to? What do you hope oh. to see happen here? You know
2: when she was introduced in hawkeye it was just to throw i think the character there and uh, that's why we didn't get really excited for what for what we saw from her i think in this series the very first episode or even the first two episodes they're gonna really flesh her out so we know what we're getting like, right. right away just because if they they did something too exciting in hawkeye we would forget about the hawkeye series and just start worrying about her. They wanted us to concentrate on the Hawkeye characters at that moment and just throw in there to tell us that, oh, she's coming. I believe like the Kingpin and Daredevil are going to be in the show. And the reason why they brought in these writers is because they're familiar with the characters and they want their input on how they could mold them into the Disney Plus, you know, mold, like have sort of like whatever they can do with them but shape them to fit for Disney Plus. Right. You know what I mean? But it makes me excited. I, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to be watching the show just to see Daredevil and Kingpin, but I hope as the show goes on, I I fall in love with this character. That we start to like her. Yeah, a yeah bit more. because because this character seems like she has a lot going against her, but she has a lot going for her, and I want to see how she deals with that. Here's- Especially with like dirty like street crimes and stuff like that. Like how do you how do you live with that, or or, or fight through that with uh, her advantages and
0: disadvantages? So, and it should also be said here that those of us in this room—this is all I'm going to say—those of us in this room are can allow our opinions on this to be shaped by a piece of information that we know that we cannot talk about publicly that has something to do with things I've shown you guys. <laughs> uh, so, so we. We're trying to communicate our our thoughts and opinions on this knowing something that is not general public knowledge yet, so we're trying to keep that in mind, and we will let you guys know. When the time is right and we're allowed to reveal that, we'll let you guys know what that is. But anyway, guys, listen, for now, the question is for you. What do you think about this? Many of you have written into me over the months saying you think this Echo Show is actually a Daredevil series now with the new information about the writers coming, do you still believe that? Do you think like most of us do, that it's probably still an Echo series that will feature other characters? Whatever you guys are thinking right now, jump down into the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. Before we start getting into your live comments and questions, we want to thank one of the sponsors of today's show, our friends at HelloFresh. We want to take a second and thank a sponsor of this video, Hello Fresh. Now, listen, guys, if you are anything like me or Anne, you know, Ann and I are both working professionals. We don't have a lot of time. And what that often meant was when it would come to dinner time, we would either settle with making subpar meals or ordering fast food way too much. I like fast food once in a while, but we were eating fast food way too much. That's why something like Hello Fresh was an absolute godsend for us. Hello Fresh is America's number one meal kit. Listen, With HelloFresh, you'll be cooking and eating great looking and great tasting meals without the hassle of going to the grocery store and trying to remember everything you need to get on the recipe list. And you'll be paying less. And look, I get it. You are probably saying to yourself or saying to me through the screen, John, you don't get it. I don't know how to cook. I'm telling you with HelloFresh you can because the packages don't just come with all the ingredients properly portioned out already for you but they also include clear easy to follow instructions with images that you'll have no problems following in 30 minutes or less you'll be eating great and feeling pretty damn good about yourself looking at the meal that you prepared so right now guys go on over to hellofresh.com/campia16 and use the code campia 16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts that's 16 free meals and three free gifts so hello fresh everybody america's number one meal kit all right guys with that down let's now move on and start taking your points of view your thoughts opinions and questions you guys have been sharing via the super chat link and during the tip link so let's get on over there right now kim what are we starting off with all right this is coming from Jay bling I know it's wrong
3: to want movies to fail, but I thought the 355 should have made less in its opening weekend, specifically (laughs) 3.55 million. Hashtag bad joke Monday. Listen, if
0: that had happened, (laughs) there'd be no, like anybody who is is uncertain or skeptical about the supernatural, if that had happened, if it had made 3.55 million, i'm sorry you just have to acknowledge that something strange is going on all right what's next
3: all right guys this is coming from unbeatable norm mcdonald at bob saget's roast bob has a beautiful face like a flower yeah a cauliflower (laughs) no offense but your face looks like a cauliflower (laughs) r.i.p to both legends oh god
0: it still hurts that we don't have norm mcdonald anymore I loved his humor so much. Right? He was so great. That is a great memory to share, Unbeatable. Thanks for sharing that, man. That That's great. All right, what's next?
3: Al Renshaw says, Bel-Air trailer was awful. The original show was funny and colorful, but this show seems to be the opposite. Looks like
0: a drama instead of a comedy. Well, when, that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, like, <laughs> if you went into the trailer for the new Bel-Air thinking it's a reboot of the... The weird, you know, DJ Jazzy Jeff, funny, wacky comedy, then yeah, no, this is by design supposed to be a dramatic reinterpretation of a story that honestly lends itself to it. A a mother with a son who's afraid of the trouble and and the, the problems that he's facing in a city like Philadelphia. And decides, I'm going to send him somewhere I think he's more safe. But then the cultural shock that happens with a young man that age suddenly going to a completely different atmosphere. And the various new trials and tribulations and troubles that you can face in those types of situations. That is a great setup for a dramatic piece. I
1: love uh, the
0: OC. What, what? Like I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I haven't seen the new trailer. I saw that the new trailer dropped. I haven't seen it yet. Kim, did you have a chance to see the trailer? I know you've been looking forward to this this new show.
3: I have been looking forward to it. Rob, I caught that. I love the O.C. (laughs) You know, it's supposed to be a drama, and that's one of the reasons that pulled um, Will Smith into it, because this guy, you know, it was really cool how he kind of dropped this idea on youtube and it got will smith's attention Uh and will smith himself was like this is brilliant i like this a twist turn upside down on the original so i'm i'm excited to see it yeah yeah i think it looks interesting all right what's next this is coming from al rinshaw Guest Turning Red was another experiment for Shea and Disney. You have to feel bad for Pixar and all the storytellers and animators there.
0: Look, again, while I completely understand that it's a very, it's it's a difficult situation that they're facing. I do. I do completely feel bad for the creators and everything over at Pixar as well. And you know, it's funny. It's just more and more popping up on my YouTube feeds. I never fully understood how much Disney Parks fans, I've talked about this before, how much Disney parks fans hate Bob Chapek and they have for years and I'm seeing more and more of their videos popping up and I'm like I never understood why but I'm, I'm watching I like watch like an hour-long documentary the other day I'm like oh my god yeah I am starting to get it like I don't go to Disneyland anymore I've been so turned off by everything there I am a happy season pass holder at Universal Studios i I love Universal Studios and I don't go to Disneyland anymore. And some of the things they were starting to bring up, it's like, oh yeah, I didn't realize that was a Chapek thing. And I didn't realize that was, it's really interesting stuff. All right, what's
3: next? John Redcorn says, buy one, rent one, lose one. Soundtrack, not score edition. Black Panther, Spider-Verse, Shang-Chi.
0: Those are all great soundtracks because we're not talking about the score. Right. We're talking about soundtracks. These are all great, but honestly, for me, it's kind of easy. Uh, Black Panther, I buy. That soundtrack's amazing. Like the songs, uh, and that was, a Ke- is a Kendrick Lamar who did, did all the, this mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely fantastic soundtrack. Next by Spidalverse. I mean, this is the way he does that. I mean, but really, Soundbar. I've yeah. listened to that soundtrack. I tell you what, you know how I listen to the Man of Steel theme uh, like a couple times a week? At least once a week, the song I put on instead is What's Up Danger, from the Spider-Man, uh, into the Spider Verse thing, I love that, and I'll have to lose Shang Chi, even though I do like the soundtrack of it, but it's not quite as good as Into the Spider Verse or Black Panther. Rob, what would you buy, sell, or keep, or whatever? Oh, tough one,
1: dude. It's a tough one. I got okay. I got. I'm with you. I got to buy Black Panther, but but that song you're playing in the in the car the other day when we went and saw, oh, uh, the the uh, song
0: the, that plays during the bus fight, the bus fight, dude.
1: Yeah, I bought that. I can't run it so good i can't give that up <laughs> it's a great song i mean it, it, across this or into the spider verse is great too but i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna buy black panther i'm gonna rent shang chi and i'm gonna oh do i have to make this choice i know right <laughs> that, that's not you know what you know what's great i don't because i have them all that's right and i don't have to <laughs> give them up because i already have them so ha 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 all right what's
0: next
3: sam fisher says breaking Insider sources confirm Morbius delayed after Oscar Isaac broke into the set and beat the living F out of Leto. Having mistaken him from Char- for Charles Manson, Sony are now having to do last minute CGI and dubbing to make it look like Moon Knight cameo. Look,
0: I know it's it's not really what we're talking about here, but <laughs> man, I I so lament the moving of Morbius. I want to see this so bad. It also reminds me just how excited I am to see There's whispers going around that we could be getting Moon Knight in February. Yeah, I know. (gasps) I I, I mean... Bruh. What? Bruh. 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 Happy Valentine's to everyone. Right? I mean, so there are some... I I cannot confirm this, Mm -hmm. but there are whispers going around that a Moon Knight trailer is imminent. Like imminent as in maybe by the end of this show or maybe by <laughs> tomorrow i mean like is imminent and i get don't this is not john Campbell says he has inside sources no i'm just saying i'm hearing some whispers and that we could get the show as early as february i wouldn't be surprised if it's march or something like that but it's coming soon rob i i mean listen you are the resident moon Knight guy but like i, I just got to ask you where's your uh enthusiasm level right now for this oh it's
1: <laughs> up here like it's it's exploded out of the top of my head and is raining all over you all right now you just can't see it that's uh that's how excited i am for this i mean i i wrote a moon knight screenplay when i was in high school I
0: not it was the very first
1: time i ever tried the screenplay form it was actually for those of you want to know it was moon knight's origin from episode or issue one and then i also used issue 25 with the black specter which was from the first series of moon Knight written by Doug mentioned penciled by Bill Sienkiewicz that's my favorite moon night run uh so to see a moon night tv series I mean it took 35 years but I can't believe it. I can't <laughs> believe that we're gonna see moon Knight on the big screen I'm so excited I think Oscar Isaac's gonna kick ass and please bring
0: it on I still remember Filthy or not I still remember you weren't there but I was there I was at d23 And in Anaheim, sitting in that thing when they were starting to roll out all these announcements, and they talked about Ms. Marvel and She-Hulk, and they announced Moon Knight. And I just remember going, somewhere right now, Rob is doing things that other human beings should not be witnessing Rob doing. (laughs) Didn't you tweet that or something? I I might have tweeted Uh, that. I I, I
1: can't remember exactly. That was a glorious day, John. (laughs) That was a good day. Seeing that logo, I was like, I
0: thought I was being punked yeah at first i'm like come on i'm like no way they're i mean that that was a huge thing all right what's next
3: casey mac says just a bad start to this year when it comes to celebrities and even sports stars even though it wasn't in 2022 it seems it started with betty white
0: yeah it did seem like it started that way and you know i feel like this happens almost every new year like uh, stuff like this happens and some people said these usually happen in threes or in this case maybe fours and it's just an unfortunate thing again i i Yes, the celebration of it is Bob Saget did so much entertaining. The tragedy of it it was so young. I mean, Mm -hmm. Betty White got 34 more years than Bob Saget did. And she made the best of all 34 of those Mm -hmm. years. All right, what's next?
3: Ah. Ah. Sends in a 1999 Super Chat. Thank you. To say that Bob Chapek and Kareem Daniels should be ashamed of themselves for dumping yet another Pixar feature straight to Disney Plus would be the understatement of the decade. You might even call it sad and distressing. Let's see, it's got another one here. Oh, he sends in a $49.99. Wow, super thank, you. thank you. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <Ta-da-da-da-da. laughs> Uh, (laughs) He says, the way I see it, what just happened to Dom Shee, director of Turning Red, Oscar winner, good Canadian kid, is far more sickening, contemplatable and disgraceful than how Scarlett Johansson had been treated by the current Disney regime. He also goes on to say, I recently read a tweet from a box office insider who claims to have spoken with a Pixar acquaintance shortly after the news broke. Apparently, the studio may be preparing to wage a public battle against Disney, like the recent ScarJo showdown. And it continues, if what the insider said is actually true and not just some speculative B.S. I think Pixar, Dami, Shi, and Peter Doctor should definitely fight back. Pandemic, be
0: damned. And well,
3: by the way, they sent in uh, another forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, I mean, for, okay.
0: You. First of all, ah, uh-huh. 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 um, uh-huh. thank you so much for supporting our channel on that level, dude. That's incredibly generous of you. And you know, it's it's folks like you and our viewers who support our channel who make what we do every day possible. So, thank you for that. All right. First, let's cover this. Pixar cannot fight back against Disney. Pixar is Disney. Uh, Pete Doctor is not an employee of Pixar. He is an employee of Disney. Uh, Disney owns Pixar. It's their thing. It's not like they're a separate company that kind of runs separately. It's the same thing as with Marvel. Like, It's not like it's Kevin Feige and Marvel versus Disney. Kevin Feige works for Disney. He's not an employee of Marvel. He is an employee of Disney. It's their thing. So no, there is no rebellion. Now, what could happen is a number of creatives at Pixar, like individuals may say, peace, and walk out the door. They may pull an Antonio Brown, you know, pick up their shirts, <laughs> leave it on the field, and run off run off in the, the distance, right? Uh, people who don't know sports have no idea what I just said. But, I mean, that could happen. But the company cannot fight back against the company that they are. You you know what I'm saying? And again, look, I want to emphasize that all of us fans should keep in mind that this was a difficult situation. Again, look, Sing 2 is in theaters right now and it's it's roughly making one third of what the first Sing did. And by all accounts, Sing 2 is better than the first Sing movie. So they have to do something. I agree. The thing to do would be bump it by another couple of months. Right? Bump it by another couple of months and then take your luck with it there. But it does seem like Bob Chapek and his lackey over there um, who don't give a crap about the creatives at Disney and their various studios are trying to turn Pixar into a direct to home video little company in studio. I-, I think they panicked when the growth of Disney plus slowed down and they panicked when, as a result of Disney Plus's growth slowing down that the stock price fell. And I feel that this is kind of like a panic move on their part, oh, throw more on in Disney Plus. And meanwhile, you've got creatives because guess what? If Domi Shi, who I believe she's the same director who did the short film Bow, which I just, blah, which I think won, won her an Academy Award. is so freaking good. It's little stuff like this that in the long term, guys, I remember having this conversation when Bob Chapek's practices started to become very concerning. And I said, look, you're not going to see anything you're not going to notice the damage in the next three to four years. That's not when you're going to notice the damage. The damage doesn't start to get noticed until a little bit after that. Because what's going to happen with a director like Dami Shi? Next year, the year after, when whatever her contract is kind of coming to an end with Disney, she's going to re-sign up with them or she's going to take an offer from Universal. She going to take an offer from Paramount. She going to take an offer from Netflix. She's going to take an offer from somebody else. And you are slowly going to start to see the talent who has been so invested heavily in the Disney ecosphere getting pillaged off and leaving and whatever. And it's going to take years for us to notice it, but it's going to happen unless they fucking smarten up and turn this thing around. So on the one hand, I get it, something had to be done, but it is concerning to seeing that this is becoming a pattern of behavior by Bob Chapek and his minions. That it's... To hell with the creatives, push their needs and interests aside, forget long-term whatever. Our Disney Plus growth has slowed down and our stock dropped right now. So let's screw over our creatives to try to do something about it when it's not going to fix the problem. So what do you think? Well, I, I think that, look, there's only so many people on the planet
1: Earth that are going to subscribe to streaming services. And the thing about Disney is they're not putting on the kind of content that, say, Netflix is not nearly enough. And I don't think that dropping yet another Pixar movie is going to necessarily move the needle of the subscribers that they already have. They've already got all the people that want to watch Pixar movies because they've done this before. You know, I would love to have seen Soul in a theater but I didn't and this movie looks like it should be a theatrical film and the kind of decision making that's happening here you don't want to alienate your one of your tried and true the tried and true studio that's made you money for a lot longer than Marvel has
0: Um, it's true all right what's next
3: Sam Fisher says, "Hope you like the joke." Found it on Twitter.
0: There you go. All right, what's
3: next? ZJV1 says, "Any spoiler discussions for Peacemaker plan?
0: I'm not committing to that. Um, I need to watch Peacemaker first. So I believe the first three episodes. I, I think I heard they're they're going to release the first three episodes at once. Uh, that's that's this week. Was it Thursday? Ray, can you double check that? I think it releases like Thursday or something like that. Anyway. If I watch the first batch of episodes that come out, I believe this week, then I will announce, hey guys, the next day I'll announce later today, we're going to do an open spoiler discussion, okay. but I need to see it before I commit to it. The 13th. It is the 13th. So it, yeah, it's Thursday. Wow. So I need to see it before I commit to it. But yeah, if it's as good as I hope it is, there will be open spoiler discussions for it the following days. All right. What's next? Casey
3: Max says, I feel bad for Pixar. This is the third movie that yeah. they haven't put into a theater from Pixar makes me worry what will happen with Lightyear. Oh
0: my God! Why did you just bring that up? Oh gosh! Don't you dare do <laughs> that to them. Dare. They wouldn't
1: dare. What well, would they, they, they dare? dare. Well, how does how is Lightyear different
2: from Seeing Red? Yeah, true.
0: Or Soul. Oh, or that sucks. what was the third one? Oh yeah, or Luca, or. Oh my God. Well, thanks a lot, Casey. I appreciate that. Now I'm going to be in a bad mood all day just thinking about that. Oh my God. If they put Lightyear straight to Disney Plus, oh my God. That's good. I, th- I think you're going to see a lot of outrage over that. Oh, that would be awful.
1: But then, right. then look, well, let's hope they don't. But then look at the dissension amongst the ranks they're creating within Pixar. Oh, great. Your your movie gets to go theatrical. where mine's sitting in the Disney+. Plus. No,
0: no, no. What you're seeing with that now is saying, oh, Disney Animations films get to go to theatrical. Oh, right. Yeah. But ours, because don't forget that Disney, Disney Animations films, they're still getting theatrical release. Raya got a theatrical release. Uh, the the other one they did I'm trying to remember. Encanto okay. got a theatrical release. Mm-hmm.
1: Hopefully the the Omicron variant will burn itself out the way. If you look at South Africa, it it it's burned out pretty quickly there. That's Maybe our hope. will happen yeah. here.
0: And we got more people vaccinated here. They're keeping people out of the hospitals. So here's hoping. All right. What's next?
3: Sam Fisher says you seen Around the World in 80 Days adaptation with David Tennant. I'm really liking it and highly recommend.
0: I read the book in middle school and loved it. I do not believe I saw the one with David Tennant. Have any of you guys I think seen on this PBS, one? Was it I on PBS? Think. I did I'm not, not see it. I'll watch anything David Tennant's in. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm starting to really like David Tennant. You know, as a matter he's fact. great. He's growing on me even more and more and more.
1: Broadchurch, Good Omens.
0: All right, what's next? John Redcorn
3: says John and Rob are the Splash Brothers of film pundits. So happy Clay Thompson's back.
0: I, I am. Listen, I'll, I'll tell you what. I am a big Clay Thompson fan. I'm not a huge Golden State Warriors fan, but I have always loved Clay Thompson. This is a dude who who often outshoots Steph Curry, and with that's him, me with him back. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm telling you what. With Steph Curry back. Good night, everybody else in the NBA. Bye. Like, the, the Warriors have been starting to find their footing again. They're back to playing pretty dominant. They got young people. And that was without Klay Thompson back. F it. It's done. It's
2: done. <laughs> it's done.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, th- these with with the Splash Brothers at full power, I mean, maybe a LeBron. Limited look, power. Unlimited <laughs> power. But honestly, the only thing that can stop it is... Erratically streaking LeBron James—that's the only thing that ever stopped them before. But that's—I mean—that only happened once, <laughs> and so I—I I don't know. It's scary. All right, what's next?
3: Sam Fisher says I did something stupid. Funko makes a pop version of the Spider-Man imposter meme, and I bought it.
0: I don't—I don't know what we're talking about. What's the Spider-Man? The imposter The one where meme? they're pointing, pointing at the each fingers? other. They, oh, they oh, is that, like is that what that is? Of, and he's—they did a pop of that. Yeah, they did. Oh, my God. Okay, I, now I got to look for that. I got to see if I can get my hands on that. All right, what's next?
3: Al Renshaw says, I want to see Iger arrive like the Hutt twins, and Feige comes out <laughs> like the Gladiator. Chapek and Daniel is Boba and Finnick. Someone make that
0: video. Except in that video, I want the Huts to totally squash Boba Fett. <laughs> dear, dear Bob Iger, we all know Bob Iger watches this show. He watches it every day. He's got to have it with his morning that. coffee, and he's got to watch the John Cambus show. Come back! Yeah, he's got nothing better to do. Oh, you're gonna get bored sitting on the Tahiti beach. What are you gonna remember? 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 Remember <laughs> when you were like the most important, powerful guy and all? Come back! We need you anyway. Okay, what's next?
3: Sam Fisher says, "R.I.P. Bob Saget. I remember being a little kid, not tired enough to go to sleep and watch Full House reruns on Nickelodeon's
0: Adult Time slot. I, th- I think a lot of adults have done that. With, I mean, then of course he made he returned for like ten episodes of the relaunch Fuller of his, House. Uh, Fuller House. Yep. It was stuff like that. I get he was just a great like uh, was it Bergeron who took over America's funniest or yes. uh, America's." Uh, What's it called again?
2: Funny videos. Funny videos. videos.
0: Bergeron took it over and he was good. But but Bob Saget was such a great host of that. Such a good comedian. All I right, was it Carlton uh, hosting That's that. That's right. He did host that for a bit, uh, didn't what's he? What's his name? Uh, Roberto? Alfonso Ava- Roberto. Yeah. And, and I don't think he ever did the dance, but yes, he did host that for a bit. All right. Nice. Well-remembered, Ray. All right, what's next?
3: Murray Reich says, great NFL game last night.
0: One of the best best of the year. Best <laughs> game of the year.
3: Steelers fans were gulping from fourth quarter till the end. The unthinkable almost happened. What a crazy NFL year we've had. Okay,
0: for those of you who are not sports fans and don't follow this, you, even you'll appreciate this. So Ben Roethlisberger looks like he played his last game, right? The Steelers yesterday afternoon needed to win... To get in, They needed Indianapolis to lose their game, and Pittsburgh needed to win their game. That happened. Indianapolis lost to the worst team in the league, inexplicably, and then Pittsburgh beat their arch rivals, the Baltimore Ravens, to put themselves into a position to get into the playoffs. The only thing that would keep Pittsburgh out of the playoffs is if in the night game, the San Diego Chargers and the Los Angeles Raiders Tied in 200 and something regulation games this year. There were two ties. So it's 1%. Doesn't happen. Impossible. And yet last night with a couple of minutes left and down by 15 points, the San Diego chargers roar back, convert three fourth downs. And on the last play of the game, tie the game. It goes into overtime. Pittsburgh marches down, or uh, sorry, uh, Raiders march down, kick a field goal. As long as San Diego doesn't score, they went, San Diego marches down. They score a field goal. It's tied up. And then with no time left in the game, final play of the game, the Raiders kick a 47-yard field goal to win. They were like, one second away from a tie game, which would have kicked kicked Ben Roethlisberger in the Pittsburgh City. It was like the craziest drama. Me, Ann, and Ryan were sitting here last night watching the game. We're like screaming at the TV. It's like fourth down conversion after fourth down conversion. It is one of the craziest NFL games I've ever seen. It was was so much fun to watch. And uh, Raiders won. Chargers are out of the playoffs. Raiders are in. And because it was not a tie... But I'm sitting there watching this. I'm like, oh, my God, the Steelers aren't going to make the playoffs because there's going to be a tie. Craziest thing. Crazy. Oh amazing game. Anyway. Ooh. All right. What's next?
3: Sam Fisher says with the hiring of Christensen and Resnick, I'm now even more convinced the Echo is, and I can't stress this enough, a reboot Daredevil show.
0: Listen, fan, uh, Sam, you're not alone. There are a lot of people writing to me already today saying they have that same theory. I I think most of us in this room tend to still believe it's still gonna be an echo show and maybe feature a bunch of that stuff. Like on like to what what's the nature of it gonna be? Is it actually gonna be the literal Netflix stuff coming over? Is it gonna be a reimagining of it? Whatever. But I think we all kind of agree here that's still gonna be Echo, but you're not alone, man. Daredevil
2: I, adjacent. Yeah, I always thought uh Disney Plus was the platform where they can introduce these secondary characters that they 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 like that's like probably they wanna, what they're going to use it as, you know. Yeah. So, like, that's another reason why I think Echo is actually a real show, gonna be a real show. Yeah,
0: I don't disagree. All right, what's next?
3: Sam Fisher says, I have a feeling that if Iger were still in charge, no one at Pixar would feel demoralized because he would put out a statement that said they feel streaming release is necessary for the movie's success.
0: Um, no, Bob Iger wouldn't do that because Bob Iger wouldn't lie. That's the thing. One of the things that made Iger so popular amongst the other creatives, what he was always shot straight with them. He always let them, he always let the creatives in his various studio heads know exactly what was going on, exactly where they stood and exactly all that kind of stuff. Bob Iger would not have let these films go direct to home and maybe one of them as as because you look you've got this bob Iger spent the last number of his years at disney getting it all set up getting disney plus set up it is his last final main legacy there so they would have been some experimenting and doing some things absolutely but you wouldn't have seen three films in a row like this happening and then he wouldn't have fed some kind of bs line to his creative general saying oh no no this is necessary for the success of the film no he wouldn't have given them that bullshit i don't think all right what's next
3: Daniel Joseph says, good to be back, John. I took a hiatus from all things entertainment news until seeing (laughs) No Way Home. Worth it for the big surprise." I'm glad you saw
0: it. I'm glad you had a good time with it, man. And welcome back, Daniel. Good to have you back, man. All right, what's next? Rafael Castillo says, sending
3: a fiver just to say it's 2022 and folks still complain about remakes and reboots. Meanwhile, some of their favorite films are remakes.
0: That's (laughs) the thing. What I just saw... What movie I was just talking about? I just saw a remake, and it was like one of the best movies. Oh, West Side Story. Remake, reboot, best movie of the year. Won the Golden Globe last night for (laughs) best musical or comedy. For best musical or comedy. Yeah, who cares? No, no, yeah, nobody cares. (laughs) But I mean- yeah, this this discussion always comes up. People think they sound smart when they go, well, reboots are always... Here. Well, no, actually, some of the most celebrated films in, in Hollywood history are reboots. I mean, and West Side Story is just another dish. Are there a lot of bad ones? Absolutely, there are. Absolutely, there are. But you'll also get these diamonds, and, and this year is no exception to that. All right, what's next?
3: Harvest K says, "2022 has already been such a brutal year for celebrity deaths. I hope that this, is, this does not portend to more bad things to come. Is it 2023 yet?
0: Wow. I mean, listen, bad things happen every day. Always have, always will. Uh, so I don't think this is a, what do you call a harbinger." of things to come for 2022. But yeah, I mean, it is is—it's re- some really sad stuff. We start off the year with no doubt Harv's. All right. What's next?
3: Scotty H says throwing this in the ring as well, but my most anticipated new season is season six of Peaky Blinders. It comes out this year. Cillian Murphy. Am I saying that right? Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy is the
0: goat. I said, Cillian I always Murphy. say Cillian. I've said it, Cillian the for throng. years. I've said so, but Cillian, I, I am not a big Peaky Blinders fan. I tried starting to watch because a lot of my friends watched it and I got through like the first season. I'm like, uh, I tapped out. It just wasn't for me. But a lot of people love it. And by the way, Killian Murphy, not only that, he's the lead in the new Christopher Nolan film and Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Some good, did, Rob, did you ever watch? Uh, Peaky I love one? Peaky
1: Blinders. Oh, you're big on it. Are yeah. You I mean, up on dude, I got to tell you between the tr- watch the trailer for Peaky Blinders season six and watch the trailer for Ozark, bro.
0: <laughs> Come
1: on, bro. Yeah,
0: another one. I'm, I'm not really big on. All right. What's next?
3: This is coming from Blake Rogers. Do you think Charlie Cox is actually up for another bout as the Devil
0: of Hell's Kitchen? Much love, everyone. Well, I mean, the point is moot because Kevin Feige already said Charlie Cox would be devil. and I do not mean this to sound like I'm casting shade. I know some people are going to say it is, but I'm not—not not at all. Charlie Cox hasn't exactly been busy lately,
2: right? Shade. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, but, uh, but, he, but he hasn't really i mean it's like and listen it's not like they stopped doing daredevil because charlie cox was like well you know i've been playing daredevil for 17 years now time for it's not like a Hugh jackman situation dude i've been playing wolverine for two decades time for me to take a break he only got three seasons and it didn't end because charlie cox wanted to walk away from it charlie cox loves playing this role so no i I don't i don't think there's gonna be any problem with him wanting to do it also i mean
1: first of all he was in no way home which is shaping up to be one of the biggest not only marvel movies but movies ever made yes it's already in the top 10. and i would say charlie cox was playing a lawyer in that movie wasn't he Uh, indeed well there's another marvel series coming out about a lawyer
0: true that doesn't automatically mean they might know each other.
1: Equal yeah. equals the other. Just saying. I'm, right. I, you know, I mean, I, it's it could be like the L.A.
0: Law of the MCU with all <laughs> these different. They're rebooting L.A. Law too. That is that oh, reboot that is coming. They are right. with Arnie yep. Becker coming yep. back. They got a couple of them coming is back.
3: Harry was it Harry Hamlin?
0: I don't know if he's coming back though. I I haven't heard if he's I like coming. Back, I mean, they're, I they're think a, back, yeah.
1: a lawyer show set in the MCU is going to be. You know, they like their genres.
3: Instead of dun dun, I, what I was gonna <laughs> about to do that. Are they gonna have the well, law well, order? What would of, it be? Dun. Like I'd be totally down. We just that. keep going. Dun dun. Dun right. dun dun dun, 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 dun next? My comic planet said I just saw another bad movie with Bruce Willis. American Siege. John, how does he keep getting roles where when every movie he does is now trash? Lol. Um. Wow.
0: Because he's, he's Ouch, first he's, a, of all. he's Bruce Willis. I love Bruce He's Bruce Willis. Right? And and it doesn't matter. Look, Bruce Willis just stopped trying. 15 years ago, I, he just stopped trying, which is is really a shame because we have seen him when he wants to try, he's an amazing actor and I love watching him. But he just doesn't care anymore. He doesn't talk to his directors. I mean, just listen to the Kevin Smith uh thing about when Kevin Smith tried as the director of what's it called cop cop, cop out. out cop out when he tried to give some direction, how dare he, the director of the film, try to give some direction to Bruce Willis? Bruce Willis is just like F you, I'm Bruce Willis, I'm gonna do what I wanna do. And I mean, if there's anything that really highlights that, it Eli Roth directed the um the
1: Death Wish the remake. Death
0: Wish remake. And I remember being excited for that. I remember thinking, first of all, I like Eli Roth as a director. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, if there's going to be some material that can kind of reinvigorate Bruce Willis to want to really give it something, oh, my God, did he sleepwalk through that movie? Like, he, like, I I, ominous, seriously, the only thing that was missing was him yawning. That's it. Everything else, it was just like sleepwalking. But he is still Bruce Willis. He's the star of Die Hard. I mean, he's he's that guy. So, if you're a producer and you've got a little film, and you find out you can get Bruce Willis in it,
1: well, he's partnered up with one specific producer, and I forget the producer's name. And they're making these movies where he's making like 000, 000, a million dollars a film, and they're he's just clocking him for like a couple of days' work. Yep. And I, I you know, it's interesting because. Movies are so hard to get made. You'd hope that someone like Bruce Willis, who's worked with some of the best directors. I mean, the guy worked with Brian De Palma. He worked with Alan Rudolph. You know, Luke Besson, with doing, the, doing The Fifth Element. He's worked with, he literally, he's a man that suddenly just doesn't care about his legacy or his profession, and I don't
0: understand it. You know what, 10 years, uh, some guys in the live chat, uh, Sam Kostos, uh, Red Comet, and a few others are pointing out, 10 years ago, Looper, I think that's. Oh like, yeah, I that was ten years. That was that was
3: 2012. With Joseph Gordon-Levitt, yeah. that was and Emily uh, Blunt. Yeah, that was He's getting 10 on ten years, years ago. ago. Yeah, that was a
0: good movie. That was a really good
3: movie. And I just
1: watched Bruce Willis played in it. It's coming you out did? in 4K too. It's still really that good.
3: Was dope.
0: It's, it was, yeah, it's yeah. a really, really good movie directed by Ryan Johnson. All right, what's next?
3: Andy says John, with all his knowledge in theology and law, is able to make it as a wise man, but can he cut it as a poor man stealing? Oh, Question from Nickelback.
0: Never make it as a wise man. Never make it as a poor man stealing. This is how you remind me. I, I guess he you
3: can't asked make for it his
0: nickel back. You you asked for it. All right, what's Stop.
3: next? Stop. And he says, John, you should just change the appreciation supporter and team levels of your Patreon to soggy ass, soggy ass <laughs> plus, and soggy ass max, respectively.
0: The, the, there is, by the way, there is still a level <laughs> on our Patreon supporter called the Pat Campia level. Um so there's there's several levels on our Patreon supporters and it's all relatively low. But then I have a hundred dollar a month level that I call the Pat Campia level. I actually think we have one member who's who's like a, a, a Pat Campia level, but I'll tell you who is not one of those, the Pat Campia level supporters. Pat Campia. Pat Campia. <laughs> Pasquale Campia. That's my dad. That's my dad. Come on, Pat. Come on, Pat. My, Ray knows my dad. Yeah. I love your dad. <laughs> my dad. My dad loves so Ray. My dad's great, but I made the Pat Campia level just so my dad could become a supporter. My dad never be, uh, of course, my dad has supported me my whole life. But I'm saying, where's the where's Pat Campia at that Pat Campia level? Just, just a question there. Mom, get dad on that. All right, what's next? Christian
3: 301291 says, everyone wants Sony to do more movies with Andrew and Toby. For me, the question isn't if Sony wants to do them. It's more if uh, uh, T&M want to be S&M again. Probably if, man, if Toby... Uh,
0: toby and mcguire and mcguire was up there because they did the initial for a first name and the initial for a last name okay yeah no that's not the thing but the, sony will say okay oh yeah yeah all you people you want oh you want more you want why didn't you support the movies when we made them i mean so that's what they could be thinking themselves i don't toby mcguire i don't think wants to come back to play spider-man again i think andrew garfield is a different case because Andrew Garfield like has such a deep passion for the character. Do you guys remember
1: Golden Globe award winning? <laughs>
0: Golden Andrew Globe. Garfield.
2: Oh, for tick, tick. What? Boom. Boom. Yeah. yeah.
0: But do you guys remember that one of my favorite clips all time other than Tom Hiddleston on stage as Loki. One of my favorite all-time clips from Comic-Con is Andrew Garfield going up to the microphone when people didn't know he was there and they goes up to the microphone in hall H and he just went on for a couple of minutes about why he loves Spider-Man so much. And he was looking forward to playing the character and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think for him, it would be a separate thing. Look, depending on where the deal is at with Marvel and Sony, and none of us know the intricacies of that or where, where their deals at, but I will tell you this. They won't be doing a live-action Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie if Disney is doing Tom Holland live-action Spider-Man movies. They're not going to do that. Neither Marvel nor Sony wants that. If they bring Tom Holland Spider-Man back over into Sony, which is a very real chance here, I don't think they're going to want to run two different franchises. So I don't know. Look, all you guys know, I want it. I want. I've been wanting. More, I love Andrew Garfield as Spider Man. I I loved him as Spider Man, even in the Amazing Spider Man Two, which was not the best movie, but I still loved him as Spider Man. And I've wanted him as Spider Man back for a very, very long time. I'm dubious if we'll actually get it, but that's uh, that's where I'm that's where I'm at.
1: I I want to make a bet. Uh-oh. Make a bet.
0: Uh oh. Depends on what the terms are.
1: I oh the well here's my bet. I'm willing to bet that Andrew Garfield returns as Spider Man in Venom Three. Really? Yeah. What? I don't know anything about this. I'm just saying, you want to bring Andrew Garfield back as Spider-Man, you put him in Venom 3. It's a Venom movie. It'll always be a Venom movie. You can bring back Spider-Man.
0: I hmm. had a discussion with another friend of mine about that specifically a couple of days ago. I Do I think that will happen? I'm not saying I think it will. Do I think that's quite feasible? Yeah. I, I think that's quite feasible. Like if you wanted to do it, you could do it that way. Venom has already been a big money winner for Sony. That would obviously become then the biggest, the biggest Venom movie ever. And, you know, I, Rob, you weren't here for it, but I I was doing a show where I was talking about, you know, the three different spider man And I said, look, I don't think it's it's crazy to say that prior to No Way Home, as much as a lot of people love Andrew Garfield, Andrew Garfield in any poll about who's your favorite Spider-Man, Tobey Mc- or Andrew Garfield comes in third almost yep. every time. And I said, I'll bet right now, if we do a poll right now, we have thousands of people watch. I bet if we do a poll right now, I bet you Toby McGuire or Andrew Garfield comes in first. And then we put it at the poll and sure enough, Andrew Garfield after no way home, Andrew Garfield was like one, not everybody, but he, he came out on top. So you put that in Venom too. Because the, it's, that's a billion dollar film.
1: Yeah. And I'm saying it doesn't, it doesn't compete. It's not a movie. called Spider-Man. It right. doesn't compete with Marvel's, the MCU Spider-Man, but you put it. And because they're not in the same universe anyway,
0: I still think it becomes problematic though. It, it see the reason why it still wouldn't put money on that is it's still problematic. I don't think Marvel wants to do live action Spider-Man movies. Well, even if it's not a movie called Spider-Man, you got another live action Spider-Man running around. So, but Feasible, but they're the ones that did it yeah i mean it's it's uh, i would love to see it i would love to see it all right what's next andy
3: says my local walmart and best buy had less and smaller sections for selling movies on black friday 2021 it was sad but expected as physical media is dying you
0: know what yesterday every once in a while me and ray and our friend ryan will just do a best buy run i love doing best Buy. i love toys best buy run right but you know we haven't gone a lot since the pandemic, so it's only every once in a while. And I remember when we were there last night. It was last night we were there, right? Right? Or was it two nights ago? I can't uh, remember. Uh, Saturday. It
2: no, was it was Sunday. Yeah, yesterday. it was
0: yesterday we did that, right? Good afternoon. I I remember specifically noticing, oh, here's a thing of DVDs and Blu-rays. But like pre-pandemic, it was like aisles. Now it was like a shelf. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, if anything speaks to the, the demise of physical media, you're right. That's it's. You're right, Andy. That's a great observation, man. I think you're absolutely right about that. All right, Big
3: Lots next? is where to go. Big Lots. They got
0: tons of DVD. Big Lots is the place. All right, what's next? Casey Mack says, out of
3: all these sad deaths we've had this year, I think this one hit me the worst. Sure, I did not know Bob Saget, but I did grow up on Full House. It's It's
0: something about that. Like, I remember when Carrie Fisher passed away. It's just like, I know it may look silly because I didn't know her personally. I mean, I met her a couple of times, but so I didn't know her personally. I said, so you got to understand. I spent so many hours growing up with Carrie Fisher, watching her as Princess Leia over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And over, and over and like to the point where if you mess it up, it's, it's literal months of my life. I spent with her every day in my living room with me. And when she died, I felt that felt the same way about Robin Williams. When he died, oh, when Robin Williams died, it was like, look, I, I never met Robin Williams. I, I think I might've met him once, but I, I didn't know Robin Williams, but it's just that with through all of his movies, I have spent so much of my life with him when I was growing up that you feel that loss. And I think there's probably, even though I wasn't the biggest full house guy, There are a lot of people who are, and I think there's a lot of people feeling that lost state. So I don't think you're alone, Casey. All right, what's next?
3: My Comic Planet says, saw the new trailer for Bel Air and it looks bad. Looks like a cheap CW show. Hope I'm wrong, but I didn't see anything to get excited about. Again,
0: I'm saying don't knock it off because it doesn't look funny. Well, it's not meant to be funny. Yeah. But I haven't seen the trailer yet myself. So, I mean, I don't know if the trailer's good or bad, but it's not sounding like it's, it's the best trailer. I'll look out for it, My Comic Planet. Thanks for sharing your thoughts, man. What's next?
3: Mayor Toronto says, what happened to that short open spoiler discussion on the Boba Fett episode you were supposed to have with Rob on Friday?
0: I don't recall us saying we were going to do it.
1: Me neither. Hmm. Yeah. So Maybe I, it's wishful thinking. Maybe he's manifesting that. Are we going to do that for episode three?
0: I, I don't think we're doing spoiler discussions for Boba Fett anymore. No. So, uh, I mean, I'm back on board with it. I'm back on board with Boba Fett. But I, I'm too? not doing spoiler discussion. Do like, There's really point nothing out, to spoil about yeah, Boba I, Fett. Right, really,
1: there is no spoiler discussion. No. Hot Toys did drop their Boba Fett two pack that has the uh, armor and the Boba Fett in his white sand onesie? Pe- no, in his black
2: oh, okay. sand people robes.
0: The black sand people robes. The gaffy
2: like, stick. The white the onesie, Hange not so much. Yeah. The Haynes the dirty <laughs> pajama version. You know how notice how they never showed the back of that pajama?
0: It <laughs> wasn't <laughs> Oh,
2: come on now. <laughs> He's been through a lot of shit. <laughs> I don't know. It was there. It was there. I took it. Damn it, really. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Whatever Take you want. The shot. <laughs> whatever All you right.
0: Want. What's next?
3: Michael Cotcher says, Maybe Disney is releasing Turning Red on Disney Plus because they believe that is where the film will make will make the most money. And it's Disney's movie.
0: It won't. The numbers have already proved they don't actually do that much. Um, so no, I, I don't believe for one second. And Pixar doesn't believe for one second. That's where they believe it'll make its most money. It won't. Pixar should put out
1: some viral marketing thing that shows everybody that worked on Turning Red's faces turning red, just cutting <laughs> oh, to man. all of them in anger.
3: All right, what's next? Suthia says, Venom sees carnage. Oh shit, it's a red one. Chewbacca I sees chrysanthemum. Chrysanthemum. Yeah.
0: Oh shit, it's a black one. Can't wait to see what this Wookiee can do. Dude, listen, I'm telling you, if if nothing else can motivate you to go and pick up some Dr. Doc- Look, I I'm not a big proponent of the the uh the extended canon universe comic books for Star Wars right now. Dr. Afra is a really good one. And that's where he's kind of introduced go pick up some dr afro i think you'd be very very pleasantly happy with that all right what's next
3: connor patterson says hey john i've been tuning in every day for about two years now and i got engaged this weekend we watched the wedding singer to celebrate (laughs) love (laughs) y'all
0: first of all connor that is awesome congratulations to you and your partner i hope you had a wonderful day and a wonderful life ahead of you guys and watching the wedding singers, a pretty good one. Ray was it the one? Because you went to a wedding on, on Saturday. Oh, it was beautiful. It was. It was, was like it this a... one. Was it Connor's wedding? No, no, no. Yeah. Connor no. didn't
2: invite you. No, no, no. no Screw no. Connor. But um, I wanted to point out at the last question. It wasn't about a full spoiler chat. It was just you guys were supposed to give your thoughts of the last episode during the show. During did we the show, not give
0: our thoughts on the. I thought like, we did because give. Because you know our how thoughts. you
2: have like that new twenty four, or like maybe you waited longer. And um, I remember or you guys saying that I the next I thought we did talk.
0: Did. Maybe we didn't um, talk about it in general. I thought we did.
2: Well, you liked it. Yeah, I we liked, liked it. it. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I meant
0: there was a. We'll pretty... make sure this Wednesday we'll, we'll talk a little. Oh, yeah. Be, we'll talk a little bit more about, about the new episode. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. We'll do, make sure. Thanks for following up with that. All right. What's next?
3: Callum Locke says, just watched Boiling Point on Amazon, a 90-minute one-take movie. Phenomenal. Very intense and thrilling. Strongly recommend it. Have mm. you seen it, John? Which one is that?
0: I don't know it. Who, who's in it does it say i what? mean if it's a Netflix thing it wouldn't be surprised if i've never heard of it i mean at first i thought you were talking about boiler room but boiling what? point on yes. amazon i'm not, not one shot film it. i'd watch that i mean that sounds intriguing like that's instantly got me very intrigued that's like watching an amazing play
1: by the way i just want you to know if blumhouse ever hires me to make a horror movie i want to do a one-shot remake of blood beach take Ooh. that one to the bank
0: all right uh, the gauntlet has been thrown down all right what's next Ah, I'm
3: dying, you idiot, Sinclair. <laughs> Says, it's too bad Bam Margera can't get a shit together. It, uh, it would have been awesome to
0: see him in Jackass forever. That's really sad. I, I mean, look, I, I obviously, I don't follow the Jackass guys and stuff like that. Oh, but
3: I did read about yeah, that. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. It's the
0: one guy who, like, he's the really rest of Jackass, really he's bad. been a part of Jackass for so long, and the rest of Jackass guys just said, like, you're so messed up, we can't, we can't work with you anymore. And you know, it's really sad to hear that stuff.
3: I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of Jackass, but one thing I do admire is I've been following like Steve-O and his journey. And one thing I can say about those guys is as silly as they are on screen, they really had each other's backs through addiction. And like Steve-O really talked a lot about how those guys that you see in the videos really saved his life. Right, so that it's it's sad all around. Anyone
0: dealing with addiction. So it makes me wonder, like, how far gone was Bam? I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't because
3: they had done, I, I believe they had done several interventions with him.
0: That's what I and read. His yeah. family, and but so... I don't know. Like I wasn't there, but yeah, it's it's very sad to hear. But that they didn't stuff.
3: they didn't turn his back on him. I know that. Right, he
0: put his dad through hell,
2: from what I remember of Bam. He was the one that would always slap his dad in the face or something like that. The big, he had, he had a big. Pop, oh, was that him? And that he would always did? in his underwear, waking up, and Bam would just do some sort of weird thing i am not good
0: yeah see here's the thing here's the thing here's something about pat about pasquale campia my dad i hope i'm not embarrassing him here's the thing about my dad like very traditional he's the stereotypical italian you know male guy in a lot of ways but you know my dad as stern and everything as he was my dad never once spanked me like as a kid or child, never once. And do you want to know why he never did? Hmm. Because I knew beyond the slightest shadow of a doubt that he totally would if I ever pushed him to that level. (laughs) If I ever pushed him (laughs) to that level, I had no doubt in my mind that he would, but he never did once. Now, my father also has a lot of guns in the house. (laughs) So like I would like, I'm just trying to think, I watch some people, the way they treat their parents, like I, oh even God. growing up, even growing up, right? I'd watch the way some of my friends, most of my friends were always great to their parents, but some of my friends, the way they would disrespect their parents, and I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? It would be Looney Tunes,
3: you know, when Bugs goes through the wall and it's just a silhouette. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like
0: there's like, uh, like it's 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 very dangerous today these days. Understandably so. I feel even weird about it, but there was a terrific joke told by uh, Bill Cosby, but Bill Cosby once told this joke about like pissing off his father. It's like, dad's saying that, uh, oh yeah, listen, listen, child, I brought you in this world. I'll take you out. And I always fancy that would be my dad. But I, I see some people disrespect this. Like I could never disrespect my parents like that, like ever. Anyway, sorry, I got a sidetrack
3: there. What's next? <laughs> Unknown says Raiders, what a game. I was on the edge of my seat until the end thoughts of records being broken in a 17 game season having an asterisk
0: but listen it happens in every sport every sport evolves like the nhl went from 40 games to 50 games they went from six teams to like 30 plus teams like the baseball has got like sports evolves and then when now when you talk about records like sometimes in football already they talk about he has the passing record in the super bowl era Or whatever, right? There's always been that. So yeah, the NFL has expanded the number of games that they play. I like that. Does that make records? Does that mean we have to look at records a little bit differently now? Yeah. So like, uh, well, TJ Watt didn't set the new record. He did tie the record. But like somebody set a, a team single season record. Yeah, well, that was with an extra game. But we'll just learn to refer to it as that moving forward. So no, you don't have to put asterisks beside it, but we just learned how to make distinction between eras because that's always happened in sports. All right, what's next?
3: Cutter Hale says, with Knoxville being in the Rumble, WWE made a shirt and it says, Johnny Knoxville, world champion. (laughs) I pre-ordered it and I'm wearing it to the theater.
0: Can't wait for Jackass 4. Okay, I will say this. As cool as I think it is a Johnny Knoxville, who I think is going to take worlds of punishment in Royal rumble. What WWE cannot do is make the company destroying mistake that WCW, right? You probably know where I'm going with this. What WCW did years ago when they had a celebrity participating in their wrestling matches, but they ended up making him world champion was David Arquette. David Arquette. Remember that? Never been in the ring.
2: <laughs> Never done anything. Didn't they make a
1: documentary about David Arquette
2: going in the ring? Oh, I would, yeah, I wouldn't surri- would, be surprised. Yeah, it would probably why they gave gave him the title. That's probably why. I don't know, but yeah, it was. Uh, they were just phoning it in at that point. I they mean, were it, Bruce Willising it.
0: But I mean, it just the it pissed off the fans. It just it wasn't cool. So I hope they don't do something stupid like that. Like make it fun with Knoxville. Just don't do something. Don't pull another David Arquette. All right, what's next?
3: Al Renshaw says, Campia and Ray in Jackass Forever and Ever. <laughs>
0: Al is Al Renshaw. I, I could see Ray and I doing a Jackass kind of thing sometime. Uh, I mean, I would lose. I, I would I'm probably
2: sure. be the one sleeping. And <laughs> whatever, do whatever, as long as I don't wake up, whatever. It's a honey badger in your bed. <laughs> All
0: right, what's next?
3: Josie Review says, if you have not seen Bad Trip on Netflix with Haddish and Andre, it was the hardest laugh I had in 2021. Yeah, I really like
0: Tiffany Haddish, and so I and I did not watch um, Bad Trip. I mean, watching her in Girls Trip, she, that was a revelation. You guys love that movie. Oh, my God. Ann and I went to go see a who had nothing to do one so night. So funny. We had nothing to do one night, had no interest. It looks like a throwaway comedy. We went and watched that, and we... Like we're gasping for air, we were laughing so hard, and then we went back to watch it again the next day. That's how much we like and that turned me on to Tiffany Haddish's stand-up comedy. I think she's really good at stand-up comedy. I've not really liked her in any movies since. She was good in the funny. Card Counter.
1: Yes, Paul Schrader's yes. new movie.
0: Yes, with Oscar with Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Yep. She
1: was good in that. I was surprised because it was a dramatic.
0: Oh, role. and you know what was I was really most good. disappointed in? Remember the kitchen sink. Oh, with Melissa, with Melissa uh, McCarthy, McCarthy and, and, and who was uh, the third? Uh, Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth, right. You had this powerhouse trio. Oh, that was bad. I remember I saw it at a movie theater, immediately left, had to go re- meet Ray at the airport. And then I had to do my review for it, walking through the airport because we were getting on a plane to go to Toronto, I think. And I'm like, and I was so excited about the kitchen sink. I was so excited about that movie. And it was so awful. And, like, you had these three great performers, Melissa McCarthy, Elizabeth Moss, Tiffany Haddish. Oh, my God. It's so bad. So bad. Anyway, <laughs> what's next?
3: Luis Enrique de la Pena says, Marvel, phase one. Captain America. Oh, no. The f- oh, wow. The first Brovenger. <laughs> oh. Iron Bro. Iron Bro 2. The incredible Bro
0: brower and the bro okay you, you know what he did he, you made me think of one that could work the steve martin eddie murphy classic you know where i'm going with this bro finger bro finger, finger. <laughs> okay. bro finger. Oh i God. could do this all day <laughs> <laughs> what is, i could do this
1: all day <laughs> when is this gonna end oh probably <laughs> not. not
2: rob is over it rob, it's not. Can, he's, he's just, over. just not even listening no more he checked out <laughs> he's not gonna end bro finger all right just getting next?
3: started alan gonzalez says hey john do you
0: still play vr the star wars game is very good well i was i was using my my oculus and then when we moved (laughs) it went missing oh
3: no
0: we moved it went missing and then i'll tell you true story just to, to guilt somebody in this room true story somebody in this room wanted to get the new oculus vr And I let them take my PlayStation 4. The very dusty, (laughs) dirty, (laughs) unused. Why
2: did you buy this PlayStation 4?
0: (laughs) I let them take my PlayStation 4. Just take it. Just take it. So they could take it to GameStop, Mm -hmm. trade it in, Mm, get the money, and use that money to buy an Oculus, promising me that I'll get to use it. And it hasn't been in my house yet.
2: I'll bring it. But you know what? That PlayStation 4 was was pretty dusty. It it paid for the whole thing.
0: Did it pay for the whole thing?
2: It was four cents. They they gave me credit and it was four cents over.
0: Oh, four cents over.
2: Yeah. So I got your four cents in the car (laughs) if that's what you want. But someone had to do something with that PlayStation. It wasn't getting a lot of use. I actually thought it was a piece of furniture after a while. (laughs) I sat on it one time on accident. (laughs) <laughs> it looked like a big kleenex box
0: but i, but I loved my oculus quest oh you and did I, i've been waiting to try and to do i will now. bring
2: it here but you know i'm helping you know with the game yes. game some game yes that, uh, you need it right now yeah. i totally
0: get that yeah no it, problem but it, at some yeah, point it I for
2: personal or or like um it was for like a some sort of work that i'm doing but yeah all right, what's next?
3: Elizabeth Gerardo says, Betty was America's grandma and Bob was America's dad.
0: I still like to think, uh, all due respect to Bob. I, I, Anne said this once and it's stuck with me ever since. Tom Hanks is America's dad. He's America's Dad, right? But Bob Saget, yeah, a lot of people grew up with him as the dad, that's true. All right, what's next? John Redcorn says, "Well, I think it's unlikely
3: that we get a the amazing, the amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3. I think it's more likely Garfield could appear in either Morbius post-credits, Craven or Venom
0: 3." you know, we were just talking about that. I again, I I w- don't guess they will, but I wouldn't bet against it. I mean, I, I mean that's totally feasible i mean who knows what amy pascal is thinking she could have a loss and i think andrew garfield would do it
1: uh, i i think so too and look after you fight carnage who 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 do you put in the next venom movie the third venom movie to put you over the
0: top spider man maybe i mean that it would be a billion dollar film all right thank you
1: amy <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll expect your call come all on
0: right. what's next?
3: Luis Enrique de la Pena says, Bob Saget was in a big part of my childhood and teen years because I learned English by watching Full House oh, oh, and America's wow. Funniest Home Videos, RIP.
0: You know, it is, it is amazing how many yeah. people say they learned English from watching. And I know how crazy, like, how impressive that is because Anne and Kaori for like four months were on this kick of every day watching this Japanese reality show I'm trying to remember the name of it where it's all these hot young Japanese singles have to come and live in a house together and they just live in the house together that's it and it just follows them around going out and getting jobs and blah 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 and if any of you guys in the live chat remember the name of this thing but like Anne with Anne and Corey Terrace house uh comical nerd. Uh, Yang Liu, uh, Tony Taylor, John Vu, a bunch of you guys, Terrace House was what it was called. <laughs> and they would, and, I have a
2: better name <laughs>
0: and Kaori would have this show on all day, every day. And it was all subtitled, right? And where's this, what's the point? Here's the point. I have listened to a good 500 hours of Japanese conversation in my house and I could, other than Arigato, I, do, I couldn't say a single thing to you. I have no idea. So people who say they have learned English from watching American television, I find that incredibly impressive. Wow. I find that super impressive.
1: Dude, if you watch the Shogun miniseries, you'll learn to speak Japanese.
0: <laughs> I love Come on. I love, love the Shogun miniseries. It. It's so good. <laughs> you got, you got Gimli it. the dwarf in there. Like, I'm, I'm very picky the on the words
2: <clears throat> on, on the words I want to learn from foreign countries. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm very picky. The, there's a couple... That I will remember forever. <laughs> I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's next?
3: Adhi Ravinshkar says, I remember Bob Saget from HIMYM. I love how he played his role there. It's sad, especially with the remake coming out this month.
0: I never, I, I only watched a couple of episodes of How I Met Your Mother. Uh, oh, I, it, it wasn't really one I got into very much, but they've got a new one coming out called How I Met Your Father. But since I didn't really watch How I Met Your Mother... I, I can't oh. tell. Is that one you ever watched? Did you ever see How I Met You? I Mother? watched, you know what? Of all the sitcoms that I
1: have never watched, I have watched episodes of that.
0: That's that's one you have seen. What about the, you guys? Have you guys ever watched yeah. How I Met You? What I've do you think of you. that? Yeah.
2: I've, I've left it on the background while working. That's all I know. But I, like, <laughs> is that the one with a chart? Not with Charlie Sheen, is it? That's two not men, men, men. Oh, no. Okay. Then I have it. <laughs> well. <laughs> How I Met Two and a Half Men is my favorite show.
3: How I Met Two and a Half Men.
2: Is that on your new dating profile? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Oh, that's the one with Charlie Sheen, right? Two and a Half Mothers is better for TV.
0: Okay. Ray. Maybe.
2: Oh, my God. Okay. okay. It's great. <laughs> <so challenging>, right? <laughs> I was like, this has nothing to do with mothers. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. I'm the your most credible source of TV <laughs> review information. Come to
0: me. Oh my God. Okay. What's next?
3: Adrian Bonds sends in a 2022 super chat. Thank uh, you thank for Thank you, support. Adrian Bonds. Hi, John, Kimberly, Ray, and Rob. Hello. Been watching since AMC. I watch y'all during my lunch break oh, while that's... working from home. I just started playing It Takes Two with my girlfriend. Oh, yes. Also check out Southside on HBO and Hitmonkey on Hulu. You know what, the th-
0: the one thing Southside's I'll say, so I funny. love Charlie Sheen and Hitmonkey. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, first of all, thank you for watching along with us. Hitmonkey, massive disappointment. I, uh, I, I
2: really? try. What I, is I,
0: that? Ann and I tried, Jason Sudeikis does a voice is based on the comic, it's literally this monkey who becomes a hitman. <laughs> oh.
2: That sounds like it won already.
0: But Anne and I try to watch it. I mean, cause you got Jason Sudeikis and we were just like hot off the heels of Ted Lasso, so we're like, Oh, it's going to be great. And it's just absolutely awful. Have you seen Southside? I have not watched Southside. Like which, which one is Southside?
3: If you want to laugh till you cry, it's on HBO. I believe the series started on comedy central, Man, this show is funny. It's about guys that work at like a furniture rental store, and just like these two cops, and it's a mix between Atlanta and Reno nine one one kind of. It is like cry face red hilarious. Huh? You have to check like, it out.
2: Not interested. I know. I, you I have know. to. I... No, no, no. <laughs> huh, means... No, no, no. Yeah, I'm not interested.
3: No, no, no. No, no, I no. Mean, you have you have to check it out. It's so funny. All right,
0: huh. <laughs> huh? All right, what's next?
3: Spencer Nielsen says Del Toro's new Nightmare Alley is a more sophisticated, elegant production than the 1947 OG, but Bradley Cooper doesn't hold a candle to Tyrone Power. Holy Moses! Does Power completely own
0: that film? I have never watched the original. It's great. Is it like it's great,
1: and it's still great? It's one of the great noirs. Uh, it holds up. Yeah, it holds up. Absolutely holds up. I mean, the language—you know—it's. I think it's for. I don't know. It's from the '40s, so. But it's a great movie. All That's right. why I wanted to remake it. He loves it. Yeah, Altura loves it. Yeah.
3: All right. What's next? Russell Amador says, "Let's get a Harloff Campia Manscaped ad collab." <laughs> no, that is
0: not going to happen. I will tell you that right now. <laughs> oh man. Manscaped and collabs should never be yeah. spoken in the same sentence Premiere
2: on cockmax i don't know man <laughs> the world premiere on no. cockmax a subdivision of ptv i don't know you could just make that
1: as its own video i mean it would be a sponsored video that was built into the video I itself
0: know. that that would go viral man that could a get a never manscape with
2: each other please <laughs> be-
0: who can get the shiniest sack all right what's next
1: that be the biggest, you can't throw that
0: segue at me. Oh, no. back, to
2: you, Kim. <laughs> back to you, Kim. In the studio,
3: first it was John, and then Rob, your follow up, and then you're like, Oh, Kim, what's that? You can't do that. Back to
2: you, Kim, in the studio with the weather. <laughs> Oh, yeah.
0: Okay. Oh,
3: my God. Okay. Ali says,
0: I also danced in my In the Heights cinema showing. I'm uh, I'm not. People think I'm joking. I'm not. When the credits started to roll and the music was playing during the credits, Ann and I literally got up and just started dancing in the aisle. So did I. It was so much fun, I love that movie. It, Wait, I mean, are you
1: it, telling me that there would be actual evidence, modern evidence of your dance crew days, and I missed seeing it? I
0: certainly did not break dance in the
1: aisles. I <laughs> <But, laughs> just <laughs> watching you the electric boogaloo down the aisle. <laughs> I mean, that's like that's like finding, you know, the Orson Welles movie they remade, that they finally finished, The Other Side of the Wind. Getting the John Campia dance crew videos is just about on par
2: of that
0: it me. is it's been hidden by we're gonna get men. it one day oh you'll never get your hands on it it is buried in at, at the campia ranch buried in a box a couple of vhs tapes i shall find you'll this never find they'll <laughs> oh, never you, see you know, the know light what ray's
1: relationship with your father oh come on but give, no I give, don't pat, so. give pasquale a call but dude
0: yeah, pat would but, never even look for it. but her.
2: he respects this one, two, <laughs>
0: All right, what's
2: next?
3: John Redcorn says, Chapek better not dump Lightyear on Disney Plus, oh, damn it. Oh, dude,
0: I, I mean, I... That would hurt my heart. I I can't imagine, like, if, if they—if Chapek right now feels like... And by the way, I'm still cheering for Chapek. I hope he turns it around, becomes the best CEO of Disney ever. But, I mean, whatever goodwill he might still have, they do that to Lightyear, I think it's gone I think any of that goodwill is gone. I mean, I honestly, I liken it unto this: if they moved Lightyear just on a ticket, took it out of a theatrical release, not quite as severe, but I liken it unto if he let, and I think it will happen eventually, if he let Kevin Feige get away. Like, I, I think any goodwill that he has left is just going to evaporate and be gone. So I can't imagine he'll he'll do that. I cannot imagine he'll do that. All right, what's Don't next? Do it,
3: bro. Ryan Tribuco sends in a 1999 Super Chat. Thank you. Hey, Rob, you said San Diego Chargers
0: at the top of the show. I still probably say that too once in a while.
1: <laughs> Look, man, in my life, it's the, <laughs> it's. I'm telling you, it's the Oakland Raiders and the San Diego Chargers, and it's the Seattle Supersonics. Fight I, me. I
0: still accidentally sometimes say I know Oakland Raiders and San Diego Chargers. I still accidentally I, say I that I can't sometimes. help it. Yeah, I'm an old man with my faculties are failing. <laughs> all right. Please keep going.
3: When they left San Diego, a lot of people I know switched to rooting for the Seahawks and now actively root against the Chargers. Anyways, happy Monday, everyone. Well, hey. then I want
1: to say I love all of your friends <laughs> because they should be rooting for the Seahawks.
0: And about JB in the live chat saying Seattle deserves an NBA team. They absolutely do. I want the SuperSonics they, to come back. Yeah, They should get a team and they should call them the SuperSonics
1: again. They should because the SuperSonics is one of the coolest names ever for a basketball team.
2: And they had Big, Bigfoot as the mascot, I think. Like a or like the Harrier or and something. Yeah, Anderson yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did they? Tell, yeah.
1: The I'll tell you something else, man. They did win the championship in 78-79. Downtown Freddie Brown, Slick Watts, Wait a Jack. Wait the SuperSonics
2: Sigma. won a, Championship? Yes, they did. Then they should have never been they should still be a team then.
1: I, I never agree. knew they won a championship. They did. They won a championship. Wow. All right. What's next?
3: Spencer Nielsen says, not movie related. Sorry, but Rob, I feel like the only one who has read Mark Wade's Run on the Flash. Trying not trying really hard not to phrase this as a question.
0: Are you familiar with that? Mar- Mark Mark
1: Wade was did Mark Wade when the flash was rebooted in the wake of crisis on infinite earths and there was the new run of the flash was that mark wade uh, to, I... t- to be honest i've read different iterations of the flash if it's a new run on the flash then i have not read it
3: all right what's next fanimator and sbeam send in super chats also ryan ramirez and laura howard send in super chats thank
0: you so much thank you so much for that guys we appreciate that very much And listen, this is normally a part of the show where we would jump over and start taking the questions that you guys had sent in uh, via the tip link. But we had like six topics today and stuff like we run a little bit long. So we're going to wrap it up. Don't worry. I think I'll probably see if Rob can do a companion video. We will get all caught up on the questions that you guys have sent in uh, over the next day or so. Keep your guys eyes open for that. We will get all caught up on these. Don't you worry about it. But we did run a little bit long today. But anyway, guys, that'll do it. For today's installment of The John Campion Show, thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in the comments and questions. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about, but number two, you supported this channel as you did it and all of us involved with The John Campion Show. Thank you guys so very much for your support. I also want to thank the people in this room with me, sitting over here, Kimberly Ann Curran. Kimberly, where can people find you online? Hey guys, you can find me on Instagram at wasgoodkimberly. And right beside her, Ray aura CEO of Max Cock or Cock Max.
2: <laughs> Ray aura with a zero.
0: He right signed him. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, where can people follow you? You can find me freshly
1: shorn over on Twitter <laughs> at Burnett RM. You can find me on Instagram at Robert Meyer Burnett or find me on my own YouTube channel, The Burnett Work.
0: And of course, guys, (laughs) you guys can follow me on my Instagram or my Twitter, simply right there at John Campion. That'll do it for us for now, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. My name's John Campion. Until next time, my friends. Bye bye.